Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Happy day, my friends. Happy day. Welcome in. Hump Rob Ellis. I think I pulled something. Oh, oh, on this Wednesday. You're a good doctor for that. <laughs> my man Gunner. We got Cody. We got M. Reyes. We got Mr. Taz, Tyler, Chuck. What's up, folks? Gunner, what's, what's up, peeps? What's you guys up? Jim G, what's up? Jim G, Tomas, what's up? How was uh, how was Halloween last night, my friend? Dude, uh, it's crazy. I, I sent you and Tone this picture just to show you how. I told you how meticulous my wife is, right? About this. Uh, you we have see it. This. We actually have yeah. it. This is how she organizes the candy. You notice they're full size everything. You notice this? Okay. See, what my wife just can't get. And see, it has to be done a certain way, her way. You see how it's organized and lined that up? That is unbelievable, man. It's. It, I mean, it's the like, bottom, the bottom bowl is, is just, it, it looks like something you would lay out in, in a storefront, like a window in, 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 at a store. It's like, you know, and kids come to the door because, you know, normally when you go to the door, um, what's this say, D-Gun, you have to take the costume off. What you trying to say, man? What's, oh. What you saying? What you saying, Tomas? What's, what's up? Tomas is, is our shots fired oh. already, oh, man. Oh, 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 you want to take it to the gutter already? Wow, man. Eleven oh four in the, the morning. And Brandon and Rich and Solomon and Decoy and Kevin and MC and geez, <laughs> a killer ferret, bleed green, Kevin. Wait, a killer ferret? Okay, that's a new one. <laughs> hey, so so you know when you when you when you trick or treat it, you would get like small candies, you know, you know, and, and you would go to the door. And people, you know, people just grab a handful, just put in your bag, and you were so happy to get, you know, the little lemon heads or right. you know, those mini, you know, kids come to our door and they're they're in shock. And my wife, we go take one, and they're like, it's like a game show. Do you want door number one, two? Uh, and they don't know what to take. They're not used to seeing candy that big. But <laughs> I'm thinking, do you budget for this stuff every year or what? You know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. That's organization. That yes. is, I mean, across the board, it's it's that's impressive, man. That, now, did you get a lot of kids? Yeah, we did get quite a few kids. Yeah, 
Plus all the grandkids were here walking around our development and stuff as well. So of course their last stop was back at our front door to get their share. So Jim G says, how many times did Trish slap your hands, D-Gun? Well, see, Jim G, through the years, I perfected the art of being where she is not. So when she's not there guarding the door, I nonchalantly slip through a couple of rooms around and just grab what I want Smart. and then slide a few things over to make it look like, you know, it's exactly the way she left it. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do to survive, Rob. You know Here's what I'm saying? Here's my guess. Here's my what? guess. We're going to come back from each break. And by the way, uh, good morning, uh, Chuck. Good morning, Father Sean. I'll even say good morning to Texas, boy. I'll be nice, even though it's Cowboys week. Um, yeah, show them that we're bigger. We're, we're bigger people than that. And you're going to come back from every break, like, and we're going to see you chewing something, and it's going to be Halloween candy from last night. There is you mean, no you mean like these, these orange slices? I, I know it. Here? You're already starting. I know these it. Orange slices. Five minutes into the show, and you're already you're you're already at it. It's going to be all day today, tomorrow, the whole rest of the week. I'm telling. I you. wasn't going to bring it up. You brought it up. I just wanted you to know that I do have a small arsenal to give me energy and to keep me happy. A bite of life. What's up? A bite of life. Is that a new one too? A bite that's of life. A, that's a new one. Tyler, what's up? Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. I, I, it's crazy, man. It's great. Yeah. The, the the more I watch the World Series, the more it drives me crazy that the Phillies lost to that Diamondbacks team. It just drives me absolutely nuts. It really does. It it does, and it happens. It does. It goes. It's almost like the Eagles losing to Tampa Bay, to Carolina, you know, in the playoffs, and you sit back and you go, how? Yep. How? How? How's that happen? You know. But I will say this, Texas is up three games to one. Arizona has Texas right where they want them right now. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. They, they were down to the Phillies, and all of a sudden they poured it on. You know, Texas could be in trouble. Oh, my God. two games on Arizona. <laughs> oh, unbelievable, man. And by the way, that, that World Series is on pace to be the, the lowest watch World Series ever, 8.5 yes. uh, million. That's, that's, the, it, that's the lowest right now. And the so, numbers keep getting worse with these games. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, right. I mean, last time was a blowout. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right, so a lot going on here in the league. So Eagles back at practice today. It is Cowboys week. So a couple, couple things. Uh, Cam Jurgens' window has been opened, uh, the 21-day window to begin practicing, which means if he's up to it, we'll see. But if he's up to it, he could play Sunday. They could look at it and say, let's buy another week for him. Because the bye week is after that, and then he'll play against Kansas City. Who knows? So, but he is eligible to play if if all goes well. Also, they have elevated, no surprise here, Julio Jones from the practice squad uh to the to the roster, to the active roster. That was a formality, uh, more than anything else. Julio Jones had the cut, touchdown catch last week. So there, there are two housekeeping issues uh with the Eagles. Also, we signed off at two Eastern yesterday. Yes. And the trade deadline expired at four Eastern yesterday. Eagles did not make a move, Gunner. So were were they active uh from what you're you're hearing or, or what was uh the situation? Yes. Um they were active. They tried to make some moves, um, uh, and nothing they tried to do um panned out. Um still don't know if it was for a frontline player or more uh depth. Um and, and I told you on Monday about just real quick about cam that the word was they he would be activated this week but they may hold him until after the bye week to give him additional time what i heard the last few minutes is he's going to practice this week to see how he feels okay well obviously we, we won't know more until later this week but yes they were active but if i'm if i'm teams across the league i'm sending a word out 
I ain't making a deal with Howie Roseman in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> even if it does benefit us, I'm not making a deal with Howie Roseman. I'm not even taking his calls. If anybody in our organization takes a call from Howie Roseman, you're fired on the spot. <laughs> fired. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. They, they tried to do some things. Um, it didn't pan out. Um, and so when you think about it, they made their moves. They made they, they, they got Bayard. They got Julio Jones. So it's not like they didn't do anything. Right. You know? Uh, to 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 um, improve their yeah, they just did it a little bit earlier than some teams. Sure, did. sure, yeah. you know. But uh, man, you talk about some moves yesterday. Oh, oh, and the Eagles got to face two of the teams that right. were involved. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So uh, the Seahawks get Leonard Williams. Uh, that came down on Monday. They get Leonard Williams, and then the 49ers get Chase Young. Man, I'm looking at that Jeez. 49ers defensive line. If everybody's healthy. I mean, you got Chase Young, you got Nick Bosa, you got Hargrave, uh, you know, among among many, many others. It is unbelievable. Well, you've got what you have right now is five former first round picks on that D line, two two former second round picks on that D line, and one of the most expensive players on that D line, uh, Javon Hargrave, was a third round pick. Right. So think about the depth now. Cleveland Farrell basically was a bust in Oakland, but he's there. Javon Kinlaw is a great player. Randy Gregory is an excellent. None of those three are starters. None of those three are starters on the D line. You know, here's what you got. Here's you. You mentioned it. Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, <laughs> backed up by Randy Gregory, Javon, Javon Kinlaw, and Cleveland Farrell. Oh I my mean, God, man! Now here's what's interesting about this. Before the move, the 49ers are tied for 18th in quarterback sacks with 18. Um, their pressure percentage was 24th in the league. So we gave the 49ers a lot of credit for being this vaunted pass rushing team. There's a lot of lot of public outcry hmm. from the media and the fan base coming down on coordinator Steve Wilkes for not being aggressive enough with his defensive front. So let's see how how Chase Young increases that. Um, and, and when I looked at the numbers, I was shocked to find that the 49ers were that mediocre. I Yeah, um, I'm blown away. Four, 24th in pressure? 24th in pressure in the league. Man. I'm no, shocked. I mean, I'm not, then I'm not surprised they made the move, but that's shocking. I know. I know. With the, wow. with the personnel they already had in-house, you know, especially with the addition of Randy Gregory. Yeah. You know, their pass rush has not been what it was last year, basically. But you put Chase Young in there now with that rotation, dude. That's a heck of a f- seven-man rotation right there. Yeah, they're 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 loaded. And, and look, Seattle. I, I know Leonard Williams maybe isn't the same guy that he was at, at, at one point, but you know that's a nice move by them to to shore up their interior. There. Dude, they 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 picked they they brought back you know Jaron Reed who left and went to Green Bay for one year. Now they and then they get Frank Clark. You got Bobby Wagner back. Bobby Wagner's back, and now you 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 get this. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And the Eagles got to face both of them, so it's yeah. going to be interesting. It's going to be re- in, in real interesting. Luckily, How about they're going to play Chase Young three times? I know. Can you, can you imagine the information he's going to give the 49ers? That is <laughs> just bizarre, man. <laughs> Trying to defend, and and of course, uh, Chase Young this year was Washington's best pass rusher. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. It is. It is. It is. Now, it is I'll tell wild. you what. You look at Washington. Um, obviously, 
<clears throat> this is an ownership move more so than a coaching move. But right now, as we sit here right now, Washington next year in the draft has a first round, two second rounds, and two third round picks. Mm. So they're in really good position to get like five of the, unless they make another move somehow and trade one of those picks, to get five of the top 50, 60, 70 players in the draft next year. For sure. You know? yeah, now, sure. go back to San Francisco for a moment. San Francisco right now is projected to have 10 picks. They're going to get like three compensatory picks as well that could all be in the third to fourth rounds. Hmm. They're going to get a third round pick from McGlinchey leaving to go to, to uh, Denver. Denver. And a few other players that left, they're going to get third or fourth round picks for those. Are hmm. you kidding me? You know. And uh, kudos to John Lynch. You know, John Lynch, you know, we you asked me earlier, is there a GM that other than Howie Roseman that you would want? And I said, there's a group of, like, four, including Howie, four to five GMs, I would take any one of them. Um, John Lynch is definitely in that group. He, he's always making a move. Um, and then you watch Detroit play Monday night, and I forgot the guy's name. He Brad hasn't been Holmes, there that long. I believe Holmes. Brad Holmes. Yeah, he's done look an amazing the, job. Look at the short amount of time he's been there. All of his draft picks are still on the roster. Yeah. All of his draft picks. He's an amazing story. He, he was a yeah. PR intern. Yes. He worked his way up from PR intern to scouting. Yes. To, to now running the show in Detroit. And and you look at his drafts, he's killing it. He's killing it, man. Um, he's done an awesome job. It's a great, he's a great story. I I'm at, like, I don't care about Detroit in the least. Right, I like right. to see stories where, where guys are doubted and overcome things like he did. Like you know, everybody kind of mocked Dan Campbell. He's a meathead, you know, this and that. Yeah. Yep. The guy can coach. And the yeah, players players believe in him, man. Yeah, he can. And players um, respect him. Yep. Now the other thing, Derek, this is another late, late night, early morning deal. Uh the Raiders fire ooh, Josh ooh, McDaniels, ooh. GM Dave Ziegler. And their offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, have all been whacked. Um, they started off three and five. So McDaniels is the only coach in the history of the NFL to not make it through two full seasons as the coach. Yep. He ends up going nine and 16. He and Ziegler as, as the GM yep. go nine and 16. Um, it, you know, it, it what a, at some point, though, like I get it. McDaniels is not a head coach. Head coach. He, he should be a coordinator somewhere. Even then, I don't know without Brady what it looks like. But, you know, this, this is more of a reflection of Mark Davis, who's a clown show as an owner. I mean, just an absolute buffoon as an owner. I wonder how much Devontae Adams' antics on the sideline had to do with this. Had to play a, a big part in it. I mean, think about it. He's barely getting any touches. Yep. Two years ago, Hunter Renfro was in the Pro Bowl. He's yep. got like 10 catches this year. Yep. The, the offense is is stagnant and a disaster. Josh Jacobs hasn't rushed for over 100 yards this year. The guy was the leading rusher in football last year. They, they're a mess. That's scary. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo would be a great addition to that. After watching him curl up every time he felt pressure Monday night, it's time to bench him. Now, Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer are your options behind him. At this point, I don't care. Either one of them should be able to get the ball to Devontae Adams better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep, I'd go with the kid. I would just roll yeah. with the kid. Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo had plenty of chances to help Oakland win that game Monday night. Yep. <clears throat> Missed Devontae Adams on wide open throws, especially the one down the sideline. Nobody's near him. That would have been a sure six. He overthrew him by five yards. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like he was under duress. He had time to set his feet and put that ball on the money. He overthrows him. 
And then I can't tell you, Rob, there was at least five or six times when he would feel the pressure. Wouldn't even try to just scramble to keep the play alive. You see him curl up with the ball doing this to see where the, the pressure's coming from and right. take the sack. Yeah. To me, he's shot. He's yeah, done. He is. He's got happy feet. He's done. he's done. He's had too many injuries. He's, he was always, you know, slightly above mediocre anyway. Yes. But he's cooked. He's totally cooked. Now, when you make a move like this after the eighth game of the season, when you get rid of the, the head coach, the GM, and the offensive coordinator, basically you've conceded that you are evaluating for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So why not flip the script and bring in a young quarterback, let him roll? Who knows? You might With this young kid, you might find a Sam Howell in, in the making. You don't know. You just might. But you got to play him now. You have plenty of time to get an about. You know what Brian Hoyer is. Brian Hoyer has been around the league, you know, a, a, been a around a, years. a son yeah. a thousand years. You yeah. know what he is. Let the kid roll. Let's see what he can do. You know, the se- your season's over, basically. You know, and I don't care what your, your record says. You're at three and five. Your season's over. Well, I, you know, I, I, would it have been that hard to just keep the guy, Rich Biscaglia, who, who kind of cleaned everything up after Gruden's mess and go. got them to the playoffs? Just go. keep the guy on. You know, you, you had to get rid of him and, and you know, put your, put your you know, fingerprints all over this thing as the owner. And he clearly has no idea what he's doing, man. And this is a classic case of just, you know, something just being handed to you because you're dad and you have no idea how to run this business the right way. None. Now this mouse says, no one sees it is over yet, Gun. That's dumb, is it? Okay. No one sees. Uh, um, how many times have we been around this game, Rob? When you fire a coach eight games into the season, what is that telling your, your organization? Yeah. yeah. We yeah. are in evaluation mode, basically. No question. And they are going with Aiden O'Connell, so they are in evaluation there you go. mode. And there you go. There are a bunch of teams that you can say their season's over. New England's done. Uh, you, you can you go. fork in them. The, you know, the Raiders are done. I know I know their record's only three and five, but they're done. The Giants aren't going anywhere. Washington's not going anywhere. The nope. Bears aren't going anywhere. The nope. Packers aren't going anywhere. Nope. The Panthers aren't going anywhere. Nope. The Cardinals aren't going anywhere. So there are teams nope. already that are done. We're nope. in the midway point, man. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're at, essentially, we're at that half, you know, eight and a half games, whatever. That's where we are. We're, we're at that juncture. So see, normally I don't, I don't, I don't address comments like that, you know, because I've been covering this game a long time, man. But I just thought it's Wednesday. I'm jacked up on sugar. You know what? I'm stepping out of my comfort zone today. A couple orange slices in you. Look out, man. Oh man, I got like I got four left, man. So every break, every break. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, is the D gun used I, to I, rock the Mark Davis haircut? That's cold, John Dickerson. <laughs> That's cold, brother. Cold blooded. It's funny, man. But no, they, here's what it makes you do. I, I bring this up and whenever we see these kind of things, it makes you appreciate the stability of the Eagles. There you go. It does. I mean, there was the, there was a little blip with Chip where I think Jeffrey, you know, knew he made a mistake. But other than that, you know, it's been Andy. It's been Doug who, who brought stability, even though he wasn't here for a super long period of time. Nick Sirianni, you know, Howie, the common denominator with with Jeffrey Lurie. You don't see this kind of circus stuff that you see in other organizations. And the Raiders are a prime example of it. They're just a mess. They have no idea how to who to hire, how to get out of their own way. And, you know, and it's embarrassing, you know, for them. It really is. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. Jeffrey Lurie is very meticulous how he structures his front office. It's a trickle-down effect with the GM, the head coach, the type of players they want in their organization. Um, and that's why you don't hear a lot of uh, a lot of negativity. The Chip Kelly fiasco was when you, when you think about it. No matter how good or bad the Eagles were, the Chip Kelly experiment was the only fiasco 
in terms that became a public embarrassment for this Eagles organization. Yep. Under the ownership of Jeffrey Lurie. You know, um, <clears throat> I can't say enough about how he handles his business. He stays out of the limelight. He's well informed every day of what's going on, but he gives his GM and, and head of security carte blanche to to do what they need to do from what type of player are you looking for? Give me the dossier on the background checks. They are meticulous inside and out mm -hmm. in terms of how they handle things. And of course, when you're winning and when you're playing as many primetime games as they play, everybody wants to play for you. Mm -hmm. And you, so you look at what did AJ, what did AJ tell Byron when he got here? Uh, you know, you're in a win, you're in a winning locker room. Now things are different here. That's right. You know, it's true. Yep. It's true. There's no question about that. Yeah, it, it's a, that's a that was a great point. Yeah, there, there's a winning culture here, uh, you know, with this team. It's just it's just different. It really is. It is just different. And you know, I know some people are frustrated they didn't make a move yesterday at the trade deadline. Like I get it. Uh, you know, and, and could they have added to? Could they have gotten a nickel corner? Could they have gotten a linebacker? Maybe added to the running back room? Yeah, yeah, they could have. I, I think they're banking on some guys getting healthy, some young guys learning. Figuring it out, Bayard's going to be that much better. Yeah, you know, going forward here, just getting weeks under his system here to be able to play. We'll see. You know, we're going to see about the running back thing because we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We, have, by the way, we have a great show today. Keith Pompey is going to join us to talk about the Harden trade. Jeff, yeah, Mosher, baby, yeah, Jeff Mosher from Inside the Birds is going to join us to talk Eagles in general. Yep, yep, it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Great day on a home day. Yes. Yes. That's why we're here. That yeah, was nice, Gunner. I think I strained my shoulder. That was, that was nice. I'm going to have to go on IR for a four I, I know. You got to like, you got to like stretch a little bit before Man. you do it. Um, but beyond that, you know, and, and that's kind of where we're at with the football team. I mean, you're, you're sitting here at seven and one, and, and this is going to be an interesting game because for whatever the Cowboys have been in terms of underachieving in the playoffs, Dak Prescott's played well against the Eagles. And we're finally going to see these two guys playing against one another, you know, even though they're not on the field at the same time, but having Hertz and, and Dak playing against one another, it's going to be a nice gauge for how real the Eagles are or how real the Cowboys are facing the Cowboys win this game, you know, and then they played one less game than the Eagles because I already yep. had their bye. Yep. They're, they're six and two and the Eagles are, are seven and two yep. going into an off week. You know, this thing, the Cowboys are right back in this with a win. Just, just you, since you brought up Dak, just to give you some numbers, Dak has had 11 starts against the Eagles. He's eight and three. Mm. His numbers against the Eagles, 19 touchdown passes, 2,757 yards, eight wins. Wow. Not shabby. Eight Not shabby. Three. That's the thing. Eight and three. Man, eight and 11 three. starts. Yes, yep. It's got to be his best winning percentage against any team, right? I mean. Oh, it is. It has oh, Absolutely. Yes, maybe the Giants. I don't know what his numbers look like against the Giants because they've owned they've owned the Giants. But yeah, um, but those are impressive numbers against the Eagles, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and and you know what? I mean, I know last year was a little bit. It, it's tough to gauge last year because the Eagles could have won that game when Gardner Minshew right. started. Right. And, and I really think Quez Watkins let him down more than anything else. But you know, the the other game the Eagles win. It's Cooper Rush. It's like, all right, what do you really take away from that? You know, that's true. Wait, Quez, 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 didn't he used to play for the Eagles? Nice. Quez, yeah, Quez. A forgotten name. Quez, Quez Watkins. He is. Do we ever even talk about him anymore? Not until right now. You know, there's no need to. For what? I've asked the question. I still haven't gotten a definitive mm -hmm. answer yet. 
I've asked a question to inside inside my, my, my sources. Yeah. Will Quez Watkins play another game for the Eagles? And the answer I've gotten back, the most definitive answer I've gotten back is, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I get it. He's got the speed and all that, and they've always defended him at every turn. I think that that play where he decided to take it outside and get to the sideline rather than yep. cutting it up really hurt him in the eyes of the coaching staff and, the, and, and maybe his teammates also. I still – I still see the 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 ISO shot of Sirianni on the sideline screaming when that play blew up. Instead of getting an easy first down, they had to settle for a field goal. I, I do think that was a kiss of death for Quez. And let's face it, Rob, here's what I know. A lot of times guys go on the IR, and if they want to keep you on the IR, they'll find a way to tell you, hey, you're just not ready yet. You yep. know? Yep. You know, I know you say you feel good, but you know, I'm I'm looking at the image images as to just ain't where it's supposed to be yet. You got to stay on IR just a little bit longer. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. You think about uh-huh. it financially from the player standpoint. Are you better off staying on the IR, making your your NFL salary, or getting cut and trying to find a job somewhere else? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but if they get cut now, he still gets the rest of his salary for this year. So once you make that 53 in September, you get your salary. I guess so, you're right. Yeah, that's a but, good point. you know, but in his case, I would cut bait. I would ask the Eagles, hey, if can you just can you just let me go? I understand I've worn out my welcome here. Somebody else would pick him. I promise you, somebody would pick him up. I'm sure. I am sure. All right, based let's get, on the speed alone. So let's get a timeout and let, let's um we're gonna talk to Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We haven't had a chance to talk to Keith since the uh, the Harden thing went down. He had a he had a pretty good pulse the entire time on, on the whole James Harden situation. So we'll talk to him, 1230 Jeff Mosher. We'll dive into the Eagles offense, in particular the running game, what it's looked like first five versus – what are you doing now? What are you hurry doing? up, hurry up, man. Get the break. Hurry up so you get as I'm much candy right. as possible during get, the break. Get the break, man. I'm, 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 you know, I, got a sugar, I need a sugar – I got a sugar rush God, going dude, here. We're going to be peeling you off the ceiling by the end of the show. You're going to have so much sugar in you. Oh, my God. All right, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk to Keith and then Jeff Mosher. Uh, and we're good hanging with you. Uh, all right, we'll get a quick timeout. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Uh, been going there since I was a kid. They're family owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew each and every day putting out the most fresh and best selection of food you could possibly get. They have 20 different styles of pizza daily, they have slices to go. I love the upside down, as I mentioned, but they have specialized pizza. However, you want it, they will make it. Not just pizza, though. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Facebook and Instagram. And they're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call right now. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. 3810 Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and It was just a a memory that you'll never forget.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Yes, we are talking S-I-X-E-R-S. Fixers, welcome back in, everybody. You're muted. M-U-T-E. I'm, I'm glad you clarified it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. you. Said, okay. Right. <laughs> Maybe later we'll talk something else that you seem to have on your mind. That's no, not, no, no, uh, no, 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 okay. no. Okay. Uh, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Steak, hanging out with you. If you could hit the like button, friends. Appreciate it. Always excited when our next guest uh, gives us some of his very valuable time, and we appreciate it because it has probably been a very crazy last couple of days for him. He does an awesome job covering the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and you can follow him on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers. Keith, good morning, man. How you doing? Yeah, good morning, y'all. How you doing? Good morning. Keith, Keith good, man. Good. Uh, obviously, let's talk about the Harden deal, and, and give me your impressions when you first heard it because, you know, I – did you know that this thing was kind of getting close? Obviously, there's we've been going through this sort of soap opera for a while now. But did you get a sense that anything was close when it when it all came down the other um, late early morning? I mean, nah, not not at this. <laughs> I mean, okay, put it this way. Let me let me back. You kind of figured something was going to happen soon, just because of um, you know, like Harden. They're saying he's about to ramp up. He's about to play. Maxi was playing well. 
you know what I mean? Did you really want to bring that into, did you want to bring that into the locker room? You know what I mean? So when, when you come from that standpoint, yeah, you, you expected it, but I didn't expect it to go down at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I didn't at all. You know, I didn't expect that. Keith, let, let me ask you this. Um, I, I read something this morning um, and, and see if you can lend any additional information to this. I saw where it said the Sixers did not get what they wanted out of this trade, but it was mandated by ownership to get this thing done ASAP. They didn't care what they were getting in return. They just wanted him out of here. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, what they wanted is they did want Terrence Mann, right? So, yeah. you know, but they 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 didn't get him. But, but I do think, yeah, ownership didn't want this thing lingering around. Like, mm-hmm. you know – Let's, I mean, the guy was, let's face it, he, he didn't show up for training. He didn't show up for a media day. He missed the first day of training camp. Now, they said he had to get a physical. That's why he missed it. He he only participated in one scrimmage. And then next thing you know, like, he's gone for 10 days. He's trying to get himself on the plane, right? And then if you're – and then all of a sudden you have Tyrese Maxey is balling, mm-hmm. like balling. And so with that being said, it's like if your ownership, like, yo, you got to do away with this. We, we, like, it's like we have too much good mojo going right now to whereas we do not need any more distractions. Mm. I I couldn't. That's how I feel with that. Yep. That makes perfect sense, Keith. So if you you look at what comes back here, um, 2026 one protected, 2028 one unprotected. 24 second, 29 second, um, and four guys who are all in the last year of their deal, Rocco, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, and KJ Martin. Uh, let me start with the with the with the players. Will we are these guys all gonna be here? Do you think? Will anybody be waived? Uh how do you think it's gonna work with the guys that they acquired? I think right now they're all gonna be here. Um for now. I, but but I, I do think that is also one of those things where they all can be out of here in, in two months. Like, you know, right. right now you could say like you could trade one of them by himself, but you can't aggregate that player um, in any trades. But when you look at their salaries, I believe their salaries all combined come to 40 something million dollars. And what you can do is you can ship those players to a different team and bring a player back who you feel like is a max salary player and then give that team the draft picks that you just acquired, right? So I look at it that, you know, all these guys are definitely going to come off the books at one point in time. It may be the end of this season, but but what they are is they're expiring contracts that you need to help make a trade go for a team that's like looking to shed a megastar and start a rebuilding process. But from what I hear, they're going to be here for the, you know, the time being, so to speak. Keith, I, I had said to Rob yesterday on this show that uh, once this train trade became official, um, I can still see the Sixers roster winning anywhere from 45 to 50 games. Um, I don't think the East is nearly close to being as, as talented as the West overall. Um, and James, um, Joel Embiid has to be breathing a sigh of relief right now because he doesn't have to deal with this mess anymore like he did with Simmons and, of course, up until this trade. Do you think – let's say the Sixers do win 50 games. Let's say they do bow out in the second round again. Do you think that would appease 
Embiid knowing that they will have a whole lot of cap space next summer to really ramp up and get players that can help put this team over the top? Or is it a wait and see, do you think? From what you know of Embiid, is it a wait and see type scenario? I mean, I think it might have to be a wait and see type scenario. I mean, I feel like it's still early days. Like I do. Like I feel like, you know, right now they play three games. You know, everything, everything is great. Right. Um, You know, you, you, you look at it, they got the second best record in the East, but again, it's only been three games. And, And then what happens is the thing is the grand scheme of things is like, yes, if they don't get out of the second round, then, you know, you got to look and see who are going to be the guys that they can be able to get with them. Like Mm -hmm. if they can't get anyone with them, it's kind of like, you know, maybe I might rethink something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's what it is. It's one of those things of what are you going to be able to do? Now, if they could go out there and get like a Zach Levine or, or, or anybody like a Pascal Siakam or, Mm -hmm. you know, OCO Obanobi, like guys like that, then maybe Embiid will look at him like, yeah, I can see it. But I feel like if they can't do it, you know, Joel Embiid will probably have to um, take a long look about at this thing and and feel like if he wants to be here or not, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. It's almost like you're asking him again. I know he it'll, he'll he's already in place, obviously, and Maxi. We're assuming they're going to get a long term deal done with, and I guess Jaden Springer with the with the fourth year option picked up, but. It's almost like you're you're asking him to rebuild might be strong, but like re a heavy retool on the fly, Keith, at the end of the season. And and it's he's got to be like, didn't I go through this the, the first four or five years of my career, man? You know, that that's where I wonder where his mindset's gonna be at. Yeah, exactly. Didn't I go through this? And then the thing is, like, you know, he used the word um once continuity. Like, you know, I'm always having different teammates. So you know, the guys that you get in, like it's the continuity still isn't there because these guys they got aren't going to be here past this season. You know, maybe Tobias may or may not, right? A lot of people. So the deal is, I think it has to be players that MB wants to play with and MB thinks that he can win with right now. Mm. Because if not, you know, what it is is, I mean, let's face it, there's been a lot of different guys who came through here. Yep. I mean, like Robert Covington's coming back, right? Yeah. He yep. was here before. Danny Green made his second go round with the Sixers. You know, uh, James Harden, JJ Reddick, you could go on and on and on and on, all the guys who've been here. And what happened? The same thing. We get excited. There's the yep. ups, there's the downs. And then all of a sudden, they go out in the second round. So, you know, Joel Embiid has lived through all that for like the better part of a decade. So, yeah, it's, it's going to have to be a lot of what happens, what do they get, and move forward. And and it may not be a decision like people think is going to happen like right after the season or it's going to happen uh, during the free agency period. No, it may be one of those things where it it comes out at that time, but it'll, it'll linger until the start of the season. You, you know, you just never know. Now, again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just saying these are the type of things that, you know, people have to be aware of. So, so Keith, of the four players that the uh, Sixers got back, who do you think will help them the most? Because you don't see a lot of scoring punch, and they do need they, as, as, as well as it looks right now. They do need some additional scoring punch on this team. They do, but uh, you know the thing is, I, I feel like like I think the person who will help them the most right now, I would have to go with Covington. I mean, okay. I would have to say that, 
And the, and the reason why I'm saying it, I, I, and I don't, and I'm not talking about scoring. I don't know if you got it in that group. Like Marcus Morris can put up, get some buckets, right? He can, but they're all like older now. They're all slowing down, even down the cove. But the reason why I said he can help you is because you look at, you look at Tobias Harris and you have a guy in Tobias who's a scorer, offensive player. But now you can take some of those other responsibilities like, hey, I need you to guard the other team's best wing. Covington can try to do that. You know, Covington is still, as of yesterday, he was still ranked uh, seventh in the league in steals, right? So he's Mm -hmm. still an elite defender, right? Maybe not, you know, as good as he was, but I feel like for that he can. Now, the thing about these guys, when we look at it, so we look at the roster and we look at the guys they got. And you look at the guys they lost. Philip Petrosev wasn't going to help you. You know, mm-hmm. Danny Green may come in every fifth game and hit a couple threes, right? Yep. Well, that's what Nick Batum can do. Every probably fifth to sixth game, he may hit a couple threes. When you look at toughness, right? You talked about PJ Tucker, but but um, Kelly Oubre was taking all of PJ Tucker's minutes, right? Yep. Yep. Then you look at toughness and Marcus Morris. That's toughness, right? But again. I don't look at any of these guys, not even Cub. I don't look at any of them and say, all right, right now, this guy, we're going to know what they're going to do consistently on a nightly basis to help the Sixers win. But what they can do is maybe every so often, they may have a good game, depending on a matchup or depending on how things go, and they may be able to contribute. So basically, they're all about providing depth. But Mm -hmm. when you look at the people they lost, and you look at the people they brought in, it's kind of like a push them to me. Mm. How, about, how about one of the younger guys is K.J. Martin? That's where he's the exception to some of these other guys that they brought in, Keith. Uh, and I know it was Houston who was a bad team. He had a pretty good year last year. He, you know, he's athletic. Is he a guy that may stick, whereas most of the others are probably going to depart after the season? I think he could. I think he could. I mean, depending on how it, it, you know, it plays out. And the, the funny thing about that is, you know, like he was in L.A., he lives in L.A., his father and I'm all in L.A., he went to high school there. Yep. So to them, it was a little bit of, wow, he got traded, a little disappointment, right? Um, they're happy for him because there's a better opportunity. But I feel like he could be, but the thing about him is he's such a young guy that if mm-hmm. he has a solid season, somebody may throw some money at him. Right. And then it's, it's going to be up to the Sixers if they want to keep him. But I will say this, you know, He's raw, but he's extremely athletic. I mean, when they played the Sixers here last year, I think all of his shots were dunks. All his his points came off of dunks. So he brings that. He also brings the toughness that his father played with. He doesn't back down from anyone. So with that being said, I, I do like him. But again, he's still a young player. He's still raw, but I do like him. He could be a guy that sticks, but the only concern is, if he plays really well, and if he's a West Coast guy, I really love the West Coast, I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to go somewhere closer to home. Do you think this move finally gets uh, Daryl Morey some breathing room with the media and the fan base in Philadelphia? I think it does with some. You know, I do. Because what it does is it kind of, like, pushes the goalposts back, right? Like, yeah. before it was like, okay, get rid of James. We want you to get this guy. Now it's like you got these – these uh, assets and expiring contracts. And now you have like draft picks to get players. 
So basically what it does is it's going to be the trade deadline and then it's going to be free agency. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to be looking at them then. But, yeah, they're going to give him a little breather for now. But, again, but but he still has to produce because although you got rid of James, we really can't give this trade a, a true grade until Daryl brings someone in with those draft picks. Mm. What did you sense here, you know, with James uh, towards the end? I mean, was this – was there going to be something else coming, Keith? Was he going to play? I mean, like, if you couldn't move him, he's sitting there on the bench Sunday night. Like, what were you going to do? What ultimately was he? Would he have played Thursday night or tomorrow night? I don't think so, man. Like, I, I don't think so. Like, I, you know, the whole thing was like, think about it. Like, oh. you know, it, it was one of those things you come back, you don't even practice. They're saying you're going to do this, you're going to do that. I don't, I don't think he was going to play. I mean, I don't think if they say we're trying to ramp up your conditioning, and but you don't you don't like uh you only did one scrimmage and you were practicing with the G League guys, a couple of G League guys in a little uh workout. I don't think that that's like getting you prepared to play in the game on, on Thursday, especially now when the 76ers are trying to really, you know, win. They're trying to get stuff together. And then not only that, you know, Nick Nurse was he just got maxi acclimated to everything. Like I, I felt like James was just would have. I mean, they might have said said something differently, but to me, I feel like James was just here, so he didn't get fined, and 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 so uh, and and so like you can make it seem like he's being a great team player, so he could get traded. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I had been saying I'm so glad that James is not playing because I think this is now the evolution of Tyrese Maxey, and I think he's playing right now. I mean, three game sample, yes at an all-star level. I think James getting out of his way will allow us to see an even better version of what Tyrese Maxey, you know, last time we talked to you, we agreed in unison that we didn't think that Tyrese was a a true point guard, but the way they're utilizing him right now and the way he's playing, I think this is going to take his game to the next level. He doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder anymore. I agree 100% um, because that's what it would have been. It would have been stunting his growth. Now, I got to commend Tyrese Maxey because what Tyrese Maxey did is, you know, I mean, I was saying, hey, man, he needs this summer to go work on his defense, just work on his defense. Nah, what he did is he worked on those pick and rolls, right? Mm -hmm. He worked on getting the ball out. And you look at it, I know he had two turnovers the last game, but the first two games, I mean, against the – you argue the the, the better two teams, the best two teams of the three, you know, he had, what, 65 points – 15 assists and one turnover. Mm-hmm. So like, that's amazing. And, and he looked good with the ball. He was making right decisions. You know, it wasn't like he, he was scoring now, but it was mm-hmm. also, he wasn't doing it to the detriment of his teammates. When he saw guys open, he made sure they got the ball. He fed them. So yeah, I mean, Tyrese Maxey really elevated his game. He's ascending right now. And you say to yourself like, okay, it's only three games. I can't get like overhyped over it. But at the same time, you didn't expect him to do this in these three games, especially not against the Milwaukee Bucks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Tyrese Maxey, you, you have to commend him and you have to uh, appreciate ownership and everybody for saying, like, look, you got to get James out of here because you're about to stunt this guy's growth. You're about to turn it into a circus that we don't need. And Tyrese Maxey could be the co-star that we're looking for. Mm. And the other thing, Keith, if you look at it, and look, he had an amazing week, you know, player of the week and all that kind of stuff in the Eastern Conference. 
what are you seeing from him in terms of point guard attributes? Are are you seeing more of that, or is it still a feel for him right now where he's he's a combo? But are are you seeing him doing things more that would lend to him being able to handle that one spot? Well, I, I think that the way that they're running things, where it's a free flowing things and guys are cutting and and stuff like that. He doesn't have to be the quote unquote traditional point guard, like, you know, walk it up, you know, do this, get over here and do that. I feel like they got the ball. The ball is in his hands for him to excel, but also make nice reads, a couple reads, but go be deliberate. So I, I feel like, you know, from what I saw, you know, I, I feel like that he can do it. I mean, I do. Now, again, I, would it be best to have, another point guard, like another guy who can come in and be a change of pace guy. Of course, I think that that they would benefit from that. But from the things that I saw, I like it for the system that they have. Because let's face it, they get the ball to Tobias. Joel's handling the ball. DeAnthony Melton's handling the ball. You know, Patrick Bev's handling the ball. It's not like you don't need him to be a Chris Paul, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I, I feel like it's good because let's face it, He's scoring a lot of points, and he's creating his own offense. That's what you want. You want the ball in his hands so he can create his own offense. Keith, would you consider flipping the script? I mean, Kelly Oubre has come here and and, and come out of nowhere. He's already averaging 19 points a game. Would you flip the script and maybe put him in the starting lineup and bring DeAnthony Melton off the bench instead of starting Melton? You know, that's a, I see, I don't see the thing about it is I probably wouldn't do that right now. And that's a great question. And and the reason yeah. why I wouldn't do it is because Melton struggled mightily the first two games shooting the ball. And okay. I kind of like what Kelly Oubre brings off the bench. And I remember they had Kelly Oubre starting the third preseason game with Tobias uh, and, and, and crew. And I didn't like it. Kelly ended up being the leading scorer, but I didn't like what I saw with him with that initial group because he wasn't getting the ball. He wasn't as, as, you know, he wasn't like that instant offense that he is off the bench. So to me, I think that as long as Kelly can continue to come in and score, I like him in that role, right? Now, if you can get somebody else who can do it, it's cool. But my main concern is, is that going to take some of Kelly's production away starting there knowing that Maxie's going to has to eat Joel has to eat you want to get Tobias eating to keep him involved in the game so I like Kelly as this sixth man I really do because I like the offense that he brings off the off the court Keith what, what are your overall impressions of nurse so far um, you know they've only played three I granted two are against bad teams I get it um, but but what are your impressions of, about the way Nick Nurse is is handling himself thus far with the talent base that he has. I mean, yeah, you have to give him an A, right? Mm-hmm. You you have to give him an A. I, I really like what he's doing. The thing is, you think about it, you know, when the Sixers came, when they got P.J. Tucker and all those guys, everybody was talking about they're a tougher team. There it is. They're that. The defense got better. This time last year, they couldn't stop me in, from shooting a three. Like, they just couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Their perimeter defense was horrible. Now, like, you know, in the preseason, it looked bad, this and that. But at times, and, and it still has something to go. But when you think about it, they had 17 blocks the last game. They're pressuring or they're swarming all over everyone, right? Uh, you look at Pascal Siakam, they basically took him out of the game in, in, in the second game of the season. And in addition to that, 
You look at how Maxi has ascended. Tobias is playing pretty good. You know, you got Kelly Oubre doing stuff. You know, Joel Embiid is is passing the ball. He's 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 deciding to be a good defender. So when you think of all that, it's all is all the coach. And so you have to say that he's done a phenomenal job thus far. Yesterday, Rob and I were discussing uh, uh, something that came out on social media about Joel not being in game shape. How is that possible when you go through a training camp and he still he admitted himself he's not quite in game shape? Now he's putting the putting the biscuit in the basket, but how as the the face of the franchise, the leader of that locker room, you're not in game shape at this point of a season. Well, I, I think it's the culture. I think it has a lot to do with that. I mean, think about it. When has he come into a season in game shape? I think he's done it once. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's the culture. It's like, you know, it, it's, and, and I think I probably said this on here before. It's, it's one of those things where you, like, you only get away with what people allow you to do, Right. If they allow you to come in out of shape and do whatever you want and you don't have anybody like saying anything, you're going to continue to do it. It's like letting your kid, you know, uh, jump and run all over the couch. And then when your mom comes in, your mom comes over, grandma, get off the couch. And they're like, what? I do this all the time. So uh-huh. I feel like, you know, is it, I feel like that's it's a learned behavior, so to speak. Like they uh, they allowed him to do it. And that's just what we have now. Unfortunately, mm. that's what it is. Wow. Uh, Keith, last one for me. How do you think this fit works with the uh, with the Clippers? You got an older Harden, an older Westbrook, Kawhi and Paul George. You got a lot of guys who miss a lot of time and, and one ball to go around. <laughs> How do you think that's going to work there? I don't think that's championship worthy. I don't think it is a build a champion. And it was funny because I was asking a guy, um, you know, familiar with the, the Clippers. And I, I said, like, uh, you know, I said, man what's the deal? Like, what's the infatuation with Harden? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know, we got a lot of guys who, who miss time and they need, they need to have like two of the three primary scorers in the game during the regular season. So I'm thinking like, okay, so you just traded for a substitute teacher. Like, so basically they want him to help them in the regular season. So everybody can stay healthy. But then what happens in the playoffs? You know, that's my biggest thing, because as you know, you know, you need a team to win and it's all great and everything. But, you know, you know, I, I, I don't understand it. And when I look at the Clippers, I'm looking at them now and I'm looking at the locker room. The Clippers are everything that's bad with basketball nowadays. And I hate to say it, but it is the Clippers are the team in L.A. Um, that nobody wanted to play for. Everybody wanted to go to the Lakers. Right for years and then all of a sudden player empowerment comes and where guys say look we want to make our own way so what's the team that you can do that with is the clippers so you start getting these guys from california from the la area uh paul george Kawhi, and 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 harden and, and all of them want to go to and west and westbrook that's four of them they all want to come back home and they all want to create their own legacy saying look we put the Clippers back on the map. The problem is all four of them are ball-dominant players. Now, Paul George probably isn't like that, but they all need the ball. And it's like they're all wings. They're all like guards, mm-hmm. like forwards, like this and that. So to me, that's not the best way to build 
build a team. Yeah. Now you yeah. do have star star power, but like you said, there's only one ball. And and I, I think that when I look at the Clippers, I think of like what's bad with basketball, mm-hmm. with the player empowerment and and everything. And 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 it, I don't think it's going to work out. Gotcha. Did you did you guys see the video yesterday of when Harden walked in the Clippers locker room and Terrence Mann just gave him a side eye look like yeah okay yep. we'll see how this works hey if if yep. looks if looks could speak volumes <laughs> oh my goodness the only person yeah. really gave, got him game at embrace was Russell Westbrook yeah Westbrook was excited it didn't seem to be yeah. too many backflips going on in that locker room uh, yeah yeah we'll see how, I mean we'll see how that one works man we'll see how it works out. I mean, it looked like it had like a country club environment. They were all chilling and yapping and talking and everything. And, you know, they're rolling, they're, they're rolling out the red carpet. But the, my concern was, like, that's a lot for a guy who you, you need to get scoring in the regular season. Well, what happens in the playoffs mm-hmm. if he's not getting those – putting up those numbers? And well, what does Kawhi Leonard say if he's not getting the ball? Because let's face it. There's only one dude in that locker room that won championships, and that's Kawhi. Yeah. One dude in that well, locker room. Well said. Well said. Keith, thanks. Always appreciate thanks you, for, for hopping Always. on with us, man. We appreciate it, and uh, we wish you all the best. We're looking forward to talking to you down the line. Thank you, Keith. Hey, thanks for having me. Pleasure. All right, man. Be good. Uh, that is Keith Pompey, kind enough to hop on for a couple minutes. Interesting insights there, Gunner, on the whole situation, not only with the Sixers, but with the Clippers as well. All right. We come back, uh, we're going to set our sights on the Eagles and the running game in particular and and the, and the Dallas Cowboys as well, uh, as it is Cowboy Week. So there's a lot to dive into uh, with the birds and everything that's going on with them offensively, defensively. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis for Sports Take. All right, we'll talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be very scary, right? It can be very challenging. Um, and I'm right there at the front of the line. I and mean, I was for a very long time, but I found Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, and he is somebody that I trust implicitly uh, with my finances, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I could not be any happier. You will be too. And he's always there for any kind of consultation, any questions that you have. Give him a call, 610-996-4751-610. 9964751 or you could email him Murray M U R R A Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. Perfect goal at the six.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Oh, Derek, must be, must be off in the Halloween candy somewhere. Dipping into the bags, as they say, that is uh, probably what's going on right now. Always, oh, he's, he's back. He's back. all right. How how much candy have we ingested during the breaks? You're muted. You're muted. Uh, how how many? How many? I heard you talking about me. No, <laughs> I had to go. I had to go let a dog back in. No, no. See, a no, likely he went to candy. A likely excuse. A likely I, excuse. I do have one left. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Um, all right. So let, let's talk some Eagles here, Derek. As we mentioned, no additions at the trade deadline yesterday, but they they acquired Kevin Byard last week or two weeks ago. The week before, it was Julio Jones. But uh, interesting piece uh, from Ruben Frank, at NBC Sports. Hey, first, of all, first of all, you see the uh, Jalen Hurts NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Oh, I did not see that. You might as well just give it to an Eagle every week. Might as well. Yeah, it does feel like that, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, well-deserved. I mean, you think about it. 319 passing yards, four touchdowns, 135.7 passer rating. Um, eight, what is it, six-player with six consecutive games with 300-plus combined yards yep. uh, running and passing. How about this one, too, Derek? This is a pretty amazing stat. He's won six straight games when his team is trailed by double digits, and that's the first. Yep. he's the first quarterback in the regular season to do that. That's pretty Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, you know what? It, it's AJ. It's him. It's DeAndre Swift. Yeah, just, 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 just stack them. Just give it to an Eagles player every week. Yes, they have the most dominant roster in the NFC. Just give it to them. Why not? Yeah. Hey, Mr. Yeah. Taz, man. Hey, man. Hey, Mr. Taz, why you want to put me on blast like that, man? What? We does Cruz know you're eating his supply? Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. That's hey, cold. hey, Mr. Taz. You know, you ain't got to put my business all out in the street like that, man. <laughs> what what four-year-old Cruz doesn't know won't hurt him. Won't hurt him. Exactly right. Exactly right. That yeah, right, these are the things that they have to stay between us. These kind yeah, of Yeah, man. I'm like, come on, man. This is family business here, man. Keep yeah. it in the family. Well, come you on, look man. at it, though. I mean, Jalen is is starting to get on a run here, uh, yeah. at least from a passing standpoint, which is ironic considering, you know, the last few weeks he's been dealing with uh 
you know, with that knee, that sore knee, that bone bruise on the outside part of the knee. But if you look at his game log, Derek, and what he's done the last few leading up to this week, 300 yards, 76 completion percentage, four touchdowns, no picks, 279 yards, two touchdowns, uh, a 109.5 passer rating. Last week, he had a 135.7 passer rating, 280 yards. Um, you know, would you like to see the turnovers cleaned up? Yeah. The week before 303 yards, the week before that 319, he's starting to, to get back from a passing standpoint to the guy that we saw last year. And we were waiting, waiting, waiting for that, you know, and it's back. It looks like. Yeah. And, and teams are forcing the Eagles to, to throw the ball more. I mean, 45 attempts, 31 attempts, 38 attempts. Um, they're forcing them. Teams are basically saying, We'd rather have we'd rather take our chances against you through the air instead of the ground, letting you chew up the clock on the ground. And you know, when you play a team that's as versatile and as talented as the Eagles, I I don't disagree with subscribing to that theory of we have to try to take away something to force the issue in other ways. And at least for the last three weeks, that's what teams are doing. They're forcing them to put the ball up now. Eagles are two and one in those scenarios. Yep. You know, um, the Eagles helped the Jets by turning the ball over as much as they did. But when you pass the ball, there's a, there's a chance that number one, you're going to get some incompletions in there. If you get enough pressure on the quarterback, number two, um, you're going to get some turnovers in there. If you let them run for five, six, seven yards a game, they're chew- we've seen them do it too many times. They're chewing up the clock. 15 play drives, 13 play drives, six and a half minutes, seven and a half minutes. And they had one drive this year that was over nine minutes. Yeah. You know, so you have to find a way to get them off the field to give your team a chance. And that's what these teams, based on what we've seen, are subscribing to. You know what? Take that running game away and let's see. And especially now that we know Jalen is not as mobile, he's still effective, but he's not as mobile, you know, as as we know Jalen can be. We've got to take our chances in, in one area, and that's what they're doing now. Now, I'm curious to see if Dallas does the same thing in terms of trying to take the running game away and yet still get that 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 fast pass rush in its face to force him to make decisions a lot sooner than he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, the, all right, so let me just jump back to the, to the running game for a second. So, first five games, Derek, they were second in the league in rushing, only behind Miami. They were averaging 164 yards per game, 4.6 yards per carry as a team. Last three games, 18th in rushing, 79 yards per game, 3.1 average. They averaged 2.7 against Washington, 2.9 against Miami. That's their last two games played. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is just strictly coincidental, but that also coincides with Cam Jurgens getting hurt. Um, it, how, how much does that factor in your estimation? And then I want to kind of dive into some other reasons why that may be the case. Well, it doesn't hurt them as much in the run game because Opeta is an accomplished run blocker. Yeah. Maybe it does have some impact in terms of the pass blocking. Uh, Cam Jurgens is a good offensive lineman. I am not debating that in any way, shape, or form. Um, but, but then again, when you look at the way – the Eagles structure their offensive line depth and, and why they cross train these guys. They're very comfortable with inserting. You can't, there's not many teams you can say that when you lose a frontliner, that you're just as uncomfortable inserting a backup in situations. You know, uh, Opeta has not been a liability uh, on this offensive line. When Jurgens does come back, whether it's this week or next week, and as I said earlier in this show, 
Uh, Jurgens will practice this week. It's still way too early, even though it's Wednesday. You still have two more days beyond today to determine whether or not Jurgens will play Sunday against the Cowboys. There's a there's a theory that I've gotten that they may consider holding him out an additional week, especially with that bye week coming up, to give him even more time to get ready for what's to come with the San Francisco, Buffaloes, Seattle, so on and so forth. But when you put, you insert an Opeta in there, um, Jeff Stoutland and the organization feels really good that there's no kink in the armor. How many times last year and this year have we seen when an offensive lineman goes down for another team, it's a direct weakness in that offensive line? Oh, for sure. You know, sure. it, that's not the that's not the case with the Eagles. Yeah. You know, I, the only the only time, Rob, is really a detribute is when you put Jack Driscoll at tackle on the right side. If you put him at guard, he's fine. You cannot put him at tackle. Yeah. And and, and on on top of it, you're also losing arguably the best tackle in football or the best right tackle in football. Like no matter who it is, you, you would absolutely, notice it, right? absolutely. it was going to be a big deal. Um, the thing is, it's not, while they haven't run it well, it's not like they've fallen off all that much. I mean, they've scored 38, 31. And then the Jets game was kind of a, a stinker, but, but for the most yeah. part, averaging in the last three games, 27.6 points per game. So it, you know, you don't like it to be this lopsided, but it right. has, hurt them that bad in terms of production. Yeah. Like you're averaging 28 points per game, just to put yep. it in perspective on the season, and 26.7 during this stretch. So it, they're still getting production. Oh, there's no no question about it. You know, um, th- they hit you in so many different ways. Um, and, and as we've seen throughout this season, it's almost indefensible when you think about it. You know, you take away plan A, we got plan B, C, D, and E. You know, you take away A, B, and C, D, and E, D and e are just as good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's so versatile and so frustrating, the defenses. You look at their third down conversion, the tush push itself. These are all demoralizing to a defense. When you can't get that team off the field, no matter what you try to do, no matter what games you try to play, you can't get them off the field eight times out of ten. And then all of a sudden, except for the Washington game, now Washington game was a little aberration of what 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 this uh, what teams are doing. They they came out sluggish offensively, and they were forced to throw the ball to get back in the game. So they really didn't have a lot of time to try to establish a run because they were playing catch up with Washington and eventually passed them. You know, um, that's that's the best way a team can can try to overcome whatever the Eagles throw at them is to get up by double digits on them and force the Eagles' hand. You know, outside of that, if you're playing even Steven up and down the field with the Eagles, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose. They can chew up a clock and score in seven minutes if we want to. They can score in less than a minute 50. We've seen them. We've seen them get points with 48, 50 seconds left on the board. Yeah. You know, so you, you've got to try to play ahead of this Eagles team if you're going to have a fighting chance against them. Now you look at Dallas against the run, you know, very middling. Uh, they're giving up. uh 108.9 points per game or yards per game, excuse me, which is yeah, middle of the pack ish. So, I mean, in theory, if, if you set out to do it, you should be able to run against them. You would think um, what uh, first half last week, I think Swift only had like one carry. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of this is just committing to it and, and I get it. Look, the other part about game plans is, and, and, and when, you know, uh, ratio of run pass sometimes something's working very well like if you have a guy who's shining like aj brown your natural inclination is going to be keep feeding them keep feeding them until they stop it and if that's the case you're just going to happen to run less 
the one thing with this Dallas team is they they are dangerous in terms of pick sixes. I mean, Deron Bland's got three already this year. So they're, they are a team that if you're not careful in the air, and Jalen's been a little more careless this year, you can get yourself in trouble. I, I just I don't think I would abandon the run here uh, in this game if I'm the Eagles. Well, you look at what happened against Washington. Even when they were down 7-3, to three, they basically abandoned the run. They started throwing the ball, and then they played right into Washington's hands early. Next you know it was, what, 14-3? to three, Yeah. You know, and then they had to pass even more to catch up in a hurry. You know, so it's like we we think we know what the Eagles should do, and they drive you nuts because they do quite the opposite. They'll come yeah. out throwing at any given moment, you know. And I understand they want to put as much pressure on the defense and a team uh, opposition as a whole. And, and obviously when you play them, if they get up on you and you're playing catch up with them, you're, you're finding a lost cause here. You know, but if you can somehow find a way, flip that script and get in front of them and make that's that's when you you can possibly get them to do some certain things like turn the ball over three and outs, you know, shorter drives, lesser time, chewing up the clock, get the ball back in your hand. Now you're going to play, you know, you played the best of the best offenses in, in Miami statistically. But you wonder how much of a smoke screen that was when you could take into consideration Miami played. Miami racked up all of those big stats against inferior teams. Yeah. When they played Buffalo and the Eagles, numbers didn't look as impressive, did it? Totally different. See, yep. Totally different. Different ball game. Yep. See, and then once you give the ball back to the Eagles, look what happens. Boom. Down the field. Miami could not play catch up with this team. Completely different ball game. Yeah. You know, I didn't think I didn't think Washington could put up that many points on the Eagles a second time, yet they did. So the word's out two things. Number one, Jalen has limitations. Still effective, but has limitations, number one. Number two, we can throw on an Eagles defense. That's, bad. Oh, that's, that's bad 26. News. 26 against the pass. There's no question. You, yeah, you should be able news. to throw. Yeah. They're right. And that's the biggest thing is <laughs> the hard thing to figure out is the, the, the pass defense is inconsistent week to week. It can look good like it did against Miami. Mm-hmm. It can look terrible mm-hmm. like it did last week against Washington. You know, and then, you know, let's face it. However you want to feel about Dak Prescott, knock yourself out. He plays well against the Eagles. You pointed out earlier, eight and three in 11 starts. On top of that, what he's doing specifically this year, yeah, completing 71% of his passes. Mm-hmm. He's over 1,600 yards. He's got 10 touchdowns. Yes, he does have five picks, and he's been sacked 17 times. But, you know, for a 97 passer rating, this guy's got a history of playing well against the Eagles. So yeah, I, I'll yeah. tell you more than anything else. Pass rush got home once last week, just one time. Against they, that against that Washington offensive line. Right, exactly. So they need to be effective and be in his grill and force him into mistakes because we know, you know, he will make them. Um, that's for sure. Mike McCarthy talking to uh, the reporters today said that Tyron Smith with the neck issue won't practice today. Will be limited tomorrow, and they're going to see about uh, about Sunday. So yep. they're not sure yep. right now. They were down to their third string left tackle after Smith's replacement left yep. on Sunday. So you know his blind side could be very sketchy. So this yep. is where you got to get Josh Sweat. This could be a big game for Josh Sweat. Yeah, and it's could rare that huge. he's quiet two straight weeks. He was a little bit quiet last. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. This this could be coming out coming out Sunday for Josh Sweat, man. Yeah. Um, if they if they start a third string tackle against him. I expect him to eat all day. I expect him to make make Dak Prescott's day extremely miserable. Now, what I'm seeing from Dak this year that he didn't do last year, you know, ever since he dislocated that ankle uh, a couple of years ago, 
He's not been the scrambler that he was. But the last game I saw him play, he's floating outside of the pocket and throwing strikes, you know, on the move. A lot better this year than he did last year. Right. That's something to keep into consideration also. Uh, especially we don't know the status of Jalen Carter yet. You know, we're still waiting to find out about him as well. That's huge in terms of getting pressure up the middle on enforcing him into the hands of Reddick on one side or Sweat on the other side. Think about it. If you if you feel you have to compensate for whatever's going on at left tackle and give help over on that side, man, yeah. that should that should allow Reddick to go crazy if, yes. you're, if you're not occupying him with, with a couple guys still. Yes, and, and I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if Dallas can afford to double up on anybody. They need – they need Dak to get the ball, and Dak loves to hold the ball a little bit too long. He does. He's he's not. He doesn't generally. Now I'm sure the game plan is we got to get it out quick. You know, just follow what Washington did last week. But you're right. He will tend to, you know, try and make a play and hold on to it a little bit longer, which can get you in trouble. Yep. Yep. Now, funny Jerry Jones came out on Monday and said, you know, Tyron Smith is leaning towards playing McCarthy today. He ain't practicing today. We'll see what he does tomorrow. That's what Jerry. Jerry, please stop talking. Stop yes. talking. Stop. Yes. Ca- that's causing disruption within what you're trying to do. The smoke and mirrors that you're trying to play all week long. Stop talking, Jerry. You give yeah. you give so much information away on a Monday that you're basically helping the opposition. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like I I feel like he's tried to be better this week. Yeah. He's, he said at one point, "I'm not going to poke the bear," meaning the Eagles, right? Which was smart, but he can't help himself. He just can't. That's what I said, dude. You gotta, you gotta restrict him, man. He's eighty-one years old. He don't know what he's saying half the time. Oh God, yeah. Lock that man away. Lock, yeah, good, lock, good lock him in his office. He's got a bathroom in his office. You can slip him meals under the door. <laughs> <laughs> lock him in the office until the regular season's open. Yeah. Over. Take uh, away the microphone from him. Don't let him do his radio show from his office either. Uh, <laughs> Just well, send him a change of clothing every now and then. Let, let me ask you, um, what would you do here? with the running back thing, would you just be committed to it? Just do the same thing you were doing earlier in the year with the Andre Swift and, and hope it starts popping, you know, if, if you're committed to it or shake things up a little bit. I'm not saying the Andre Swift isn't your primary, but like the guys behind him, would you shake that up a little bit? Well, I've gone on record saying I would elevate Boston Scott and, and, and demote uh, Kenny Gainwell. Number one, number two, I would stay more committed to the run. Even if it's not working early, you have to stay committed to the run. Unless you're so far behind, you just have to throw, you know. But I don't see a game like this being being that the case for the Eagles. You have to do a better job of trying to get some balance back. Now, it's, it's funny to say that considering the way they're doing it, they're still 7-1 and one as we sit here right now. Or, you know, um, but I, you've got – you've got – You've got the horses up front to open the line, line, line of scrimmage up for them. You've got a shifty back in DeAndre Swift. Boston Scott is, is to me, a smaller, stronger version. He's a he's a little bowling ball, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you you. I think that one-two punch would be a much better combination for the Eagles because uh, Scott can also catch it out of the backfield. He's not he's not a liability in the passing game. You can screen him. You can hit him. You can get him on one-on-one situations. He'll win most of those battles. You can send him on wheel routes also. He'll win most of those battles against any linebacker in the league. Um, I just think right now, you as I, as I, I was quoted as saying yesterday, uh, Monday, you have to basically say, you know what? Maybe this Kenny Gainwell thing has, has run its course. For us to notch up, to ramp up our offensive production as good as it is, 
to ramp it up another notch, we need to get Boston Scott more touches. And by getting him more touches, I would say at least 10 touches a game. I'm not saying 15 to 20 touches. DeAndre Swift is going to get the bulk of that. But to get Boston Scott at least 10 touches a game, I think helps your overall offense. I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, look, <coughs> I, I want to get him. Yeah, I think 10 to 12 is a good number. Uh, even I could go as high as 15 if you want to include passes there. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, but what I would like to see is if you're not going to activate Penny, which I, I don't know what they are, they're not. But if, if you're not going to do that, absolutely, let's get Boston Scott involved a little bit more earlier and just see what it looks like. Doesn't look good. Okay. Then you go right, back to right. Gainwell. I know they like the pass protection with Gainwell. I get that. And that's important. Um, it, it's not something to, to overlook. I think they'll get back to being better. I, I don't know that you're going to be running for, for 200 plus yards again, but I think they'll get back to being better. I think they realize Brian Johnson kind of said it yesterday. He's like, look, you know, we, 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 we have gotten away from it a little bit. He said in part, and this is where I can understand it from the Eagles stand. Kelsey said the same thing. Man, when you have a guy who's as hot as, as A.J. Brown is right now, yep, you have to ride that. I don't know how you don't. Yeah. Um, you, you, when, you're, when you're feeding a monster like this, how do you get away from that? I mean, you, you can't. You can't. I mean, look at the monster numbers A.J.'s putting up over the last six weeks. How do, how do you get away from that, you know? Um you 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 can, I, but I still feel you can do that and maintain a certain level of balance in there, as well. Um, that balance makes you makes you so much more potent. And I do think ball control is going to be huge against these matchups uh, coming out of their bye week. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Look at the collection of offenses they're facing coming out of that bye week. Mm-hmm. You know, name it a game. Yes, score points, but also keep that opponent's offense off the field. Now, Kansas City's offense. Not as lethal as it has been. It has not, you know, for whatever reason. You know, Denver's defense held Kansas City to nine points, no touchdowns. Right. Seattle can score. Buffalo can score. You know, you got a bunch of teams that you're going to have to every week, every week is going to be different. We're gonna we're gonna analyze it. We're gonna talk about the running game. Every week it, 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 it could be shootouts. It could be shootouts. They may run the ball 15, 18 times because the opposition forced you to put the ball up 35, 40 times a game. Mm-hmm. If you win, can't complain. We'll analyze it. We'll talk about it. We'll keep talking about it, but you can't complain. But if this, if they start losing a few games, then we're going to start nitpicking. What is it they're missing? It's going to come back to the running game again. Balance. Oh, totally. Totally. And it, it just feels like, and I don't know why it has to get to this extreme sometimes, you know, with teams. And look, when I say this, I understand they're seven and one. So it's like, you know, ultimately, whatever they're doing is working for the most part. But when you look at all this, it, it all comes down to like how much you believe they can sustain this when they're playing those good teams. Like Dallas is a good example, or or when you're playing, you know, Kansas City or San Francisco or Buffalo, can you sustain it being having this kind of imbalance? You know, averaging only less than three yards per carry. Uh, right, that right. I don't think so. So it's not that you, you like everybody sees. Hey, they're still winning. I get it. I get it. Uh, but the fact that they were able to do it to such a degree earlier in the year, it's there. You just need to tap into it and figure out what the difference is and why yeah, you're not being able yeah. to do it right now, you know? And I also think we're at a point now <clears throat> we should we should be able to see a more creative Brian Johnson as well. You know, we talked about the growing pains that he's gone through and so on and so forth. We, we've seen it get better the last couple of weeks, and I expect to see a steady improvement of that. 
to a Shane Steichen level? I don't know about that because this is the first year he's ever, you know, there's going to be trials and tribulations along the way. And there are going to be moments where they're going to be tight decision-making uh, scenarios against opponents. And we're going to sit back and wait and see what he does. But I do think overall, it should be better than what we've seen the first four or five weeks of the season. And it has been the last couple of weeks during this bye week. I would expect Brian Johnson to sit down and, and analyze every game leading up to the point where they got to the bye. Look at his pluses, look at his minuses, eliminate the stuff that he knows where he made a mistake. Those are learning curves. Eliminate that stuff and enhance the stuff that you've done well, especially in down and distance situations, you know, because not only are you going to play some really good offenses, you're going to play some good defenses. Kansas City, Buffalo, Seattle have good defenses, you know. And so, you know, your strategy is really going to come into play now, especially when you have to play Kansas City at their place, Seattle at their place. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you have Buffalo and San Francisco here, but you're still playing good defenses as well. Yeah, it's – it's um... It, this is we're going to find a lot out, and I agree with you. I think we're when you get to the point of like the when you get to the midway point, and then you have the buy. I think that's where you start to look at the the new coordinators through a more critical lens. What you know, um, Desai uh, Johnson. I think we start looking at them a little bit differently. I agree. Hey, uh, you mentioned Hertz, so he's the NFC Offensive Player of the Week for the third yep. time in his career. He's the fifth Eagle to earn. Uh, the honor three times uh, mm. third player to win it this year. So they've already had AJ Brown, DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift now, and, and, and Jalen hurts. That's pretty good, man. Through, through that's eight right. weeks that's right. to have three of them already. That's, that's, that's what I said. Impressive. Just give it to them every week. Somebody yeah, on that team's going to, somebody on that office is going to put up wild numbers. They're going to yeah. put up impressive numbers. Just stack them up. Devontae's going to get it one week. I would say, you know, um, Swift, not, not Swift. Goddard, Goddard's going to get it one week. Could. Yeah, he could for sure. Um, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Uh, Jeff Mosher from Inside the Birds is going to join us, and we'll talk to him not only you know about everything that's going on, the trade deadline, et cetera, but preview that Cowboys game as well. So we'll dig into all that kind of stuff with Jeff. Always looking forward to always look forward to talking to him. We'll do that when we get back. All right, proaction restoration. Uh, if you have a home, you have a business, uh, and you uh, have gone through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, or mold damage to your property or your building. And you know how trying that can be, right? Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I personally have gone through it. Um, You know, it was a Saturday. I didn't really know what to do, who to turn to, but I reached out to them uh, and Pro Action Restoration got over to my parents' house quickly. They cleaned up the place. The crew was professional and the price was reasonable. Uh, Pro Action Restoration They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. It's Derek Gunn. All right, what was the over-under on candy in between that break? How many? How much did you? Nothing. Oh, come on. I didn't move. I have, I tell you, I have one orange slice left. I bit half of it, and that's it. That's all I did. You're, you're, so I you're, have not moved from this okay. seat. Okay. Yeah. Right. The reason, the primary reason, I, I will be honest. Yeah. I was about to run downstairs and grab a Hershey bar, but I had four texts I had to answer in, in less than three minutes. So next, I couldn't move. Next break, you will be all over that. There's no long as long as people aren't texting me. I got okay. people texting me left and right. All right. All right. Good. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Yes. All yes. right. Joining us right now. We haven't had a chance to talk to him in a little bit. He does an amazing job uh, as the as one of the hosts, along with uh, our buddy Adam Kaplan. And just a great site, great uh, podcast, great digital stream. You name it. They do it. Inside the Birds. At Inside Birds, you can follow him there. That would be our guy, Jeff Mosher. Jeff, what's going on, my guy? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Good, uh, man. Right. Now, Jeff, we need to know from you as well. How much did you dip into the kids' Halloween last night? Come on, man. Be honest. No, I, I'm smart. I got my own stash, you know, so I don't have to dip into the You know, you got to buy it in bulk at, at your, you know, your Sam's or your BJ's, and then you store what you need. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm actually not a huge candy guy, though. Not a, not a sweet guy? I'm, no? 
it's no, I am a cookie cake, but not, I'm not like a, right, a Twizzler right. like Jolly Ray. I don't like yeah, sugar, yeah. sugar stuff. I'll, okay. I'll do Reese's Pieces, but you know, not sugary. Stuff. Did, did did you put on a costume with the kids last night? Damn right I did. All right, what were you? <laughs> I was Popeye. Oh, <laughs> that's perfect for you. Perfect. Nice. Now, how many how many kids do you think actually know who Popeye is? None. That's a good point. None. I have people looking at me like, "What are you?" I'm like, "You're a sailor home from a." <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and they're like, what's a Popeye? Isn't that a chicken restaurant? <laughs> oh, my God. That's where we are now. Great. I didn't feel old it enough already, over. Jeff. Thanks. Oh, oh my God. Um, all right. So let, let's hit a couple things, Jeff. Were you surprised that they didn't add yesterday at the trade deadline? We know they, they got fired the previous week, Julio Jones signing. They, it's not like they haven't done anything, but were you surprised they didn't make a move yesterday? I'm not, uh, not totally surprised, guys. I think, you know, obviously, A, they addressed their glaring weakness before that when they traded for Kevin Byard and B I think the type of player that they could really use right now to upgrade them would be either a slot cornerback or which they've actually signed some guys. They got to get healthy there or a linebacker who specializes in, in coverage, right? Which, I mean, that's not like a position that you're going to find a whole lot on the, mm-hmm. at the trade deadline. The trade deadlines like bad team has a really good pass rusher. Like, you know, Chase Young or Montez Sweat, or maybe a backup quarterback, like uh, the guy from Arizona, Dobbs, right? You you don't see, like, situational linebacker getting moved uh, at the deadline for a whatever round pick. It just doesn't – I'm sure there's been some cases, but it's not your your normal trade that you see. Mm. Jeff, tell me if you agree or disagree with this. Even when Roby – I disagree with it. Okay, good. All right. Shut up, Popeye. Hold on. Uh, even when Roby comes back, I see that. There you go. Oh, look at nice. You're That's actually, girl. dude, that is very good detail there. The pipe. Yeah, I like that. Thank that was you. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. It, you know. Yeah. Right. You never look better. <laughs> You're probably, you're probably right about that, unfortunately. Even when Roby come, even when Roby comes back, I think. This pass defense is going to be its Achilles heel. The defense is Achilles heel all season long. Number one, I don't think Slay is, is what he has been in years past. Number two, I don't know why Bradbury's been off this year. I think Byard stabilizes the back end, but I just think when you have an influx of young kids that you're not only integrating for this season, which could be strategic down the road and getting them valuable experience, I think the integration of old with the new there's a growing curve that's going to be evident for, for the duration of the season, especially when you take into consideration the passers they're going to face coming out of that bye week. Yeah, and if anything is more illustrative of that, every year is a different year, no matter what you did the year before, no matter how right. far you got, this yep. would be the one, right? Yep. Last yep. year, what were the Achilles heels for the Eagles? Run defense, yep. right, and special teams. Well, this year they're actually pretty decent on special yep. teams. They've yep. and they're really good in run defense. But yep. now it's pass defense that's yep. their Achilles heel. And you know wh- who didn't know that that was coming in the off season when your two starting safeties and your two starting linebackers left. When one of your cornerbacks, you basically said go ahead and test the market because they couldn't come to a, an understand. And then all of a sudden in, in Darius Slam talking about you, you wind up re-signing him. And then James Bradbury, you re-sign him. And those guys did have good years. Mm-hmm. You're right. They're not 
as well. And there's got to be a little bit of an alarm in that you got the two corners and Kevin Byer, your safety. So three of your, your base four secondary players are all 30 or, or over the age of 30. Mm-hmm. So there's a little concern there. Does it mean they can't win a Super Bowl? No. Does it mean they can't play better? No. But to your point, uh, I do agree with you. Pass defense is probably going to be at times. And then this next six games, right, big litmus test for that, mm-hmm. will be part their Achilles heel. And you also have to throw the linebackers in there because yes. we have to find out a lot more about N'Kobe Dean and what he's capable of as a in pass coverage and zone drops and things like that um, as we go on because the small – it's a limited sample size. He's only, you know, mm-hmm. he missed four games. Um, we have to find out if that's going to be an issue for them also going forward. Mm. Jeff, is this a case of just the size hands are tied with some of the limitations that he has personnel wise, or would you like to see him do something different to, to offset some of the issues they're having? Yeah. I, mean, I don't like to make excuses for guys, but I really felt like, I felt like this last game against Washington, Rob, I mean, he's playing, what three different nickel corners yep. and and none of them are nickels, right? I mean, Byard's a safety. He saw some time there. Sidney Brown is not a nickel. I mean, he's just not. He didn't play yeah. in college unless it was maybe to, to defend a tight end, but not a slot receiver. And then Eli Ricks was not a nickel in college. So he's just trying to do what he can do. Right. Um, got guys who are playing new spots. So I, I think he couldn't – I said this on the podcast this morning. I don't think he could spend a whole lot of time in the lab cooking up some really awesome – Mm-hmm. pre and post snap disguise and exotic blitzes because I, I just think that there was just too much newness going on and guys not in the right positions to begin mm-hmm. with because it's not their trade. So I think, but he's dealt with that all year and he's had really good games up till, I mean, there are a couple of games that stand out. Obviously the Miami game was a very good game defensively mm-hmm. second half against the Rams, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, very good game defensively. So, they do figure it out at times. He does do things. I think really, I think he's very good, um, better than his predecessor about second half adjustments and doing things with his defensive line to cause pressure if he's not going to blitz. So I, I've been encouraged there. But he'll kind of have to do this all year long because I, that there's really no nothing that's going to change in the secondary. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, Nicobe Dean and, and the small sample size. I agree with you there. But were you as shocked as I was at how much of a liability he's he is in pass coverage? I thought that would be a strong suit for him. Well, see, yes and no, Gunnar. You know, okay. we spent a lot of time in the preseason and offseason talking about Nicobe Dean and yeah. under the understanding that you have to understand what he was in college. In college, A, he played behind, as we know, because yeah. a lot of them are here. It's yeah. the best defensive line you could play behind. B, he was used as a blitzer on third yep. down a lot. Yep. So there's not a he, he was not a guy who was known for coverage. He's known as a as a good lateral run stopper, yep. a good blitzer, great instincts, great teammate, smart as heck, like everything you want in a person and a player and a leader and all that. But he just doesn't he didn't do a lot of coverage in college. And that's why that's partly the reason why he was a third round pick. I know everybody thinks it's medicals. It was not. A lot of the people we spoke to personnel-wise said, yeah, medicals are an issue. He also decided not to run the 40 uh, at his pro day. And if you look, watch the tape, there are some question marks whether he can run with some of the best guys you got to run with in the NFL because, again, he's he's straight line, send him to the quarterback. He's good at that. Well, Sean Desai is not going to turn into Todd Bowles overnight just because he has uh, – a uh, good blitzing linebacker. He's going to only blitz in that 23 to 24 to 25% clip. 
And so that is going to ask Nicole Dean to do things that he did not accustomed to doing. Mm-hmm. So I call this a sensitive subject, by the way, because anytime you say that, like fans get really mad. Like there, yeah, there is yeah. no Kobe Dean's, I mean, the Kobe Dean slander allowed in Philadelphia, but the, it, we're, we're just being honest with what the tape showed in college and what personnel people around the NFL told us about Nicobe Dean. There's nothing wrong with him. He's a great guy, great player. And when he asked to do what he's done, but this is something he was not asked to do a whole lot of in college. Mm. All right, Jeff, I just want to stay on the concerns for a minute. The running game has dissipated uh, over the last few weeks for sure uh, compared to what it was when they were on it. They were tearing it up for a while there. Uh, Is that just sometimes there's ebbs and flows. We used to see it with Andy Reid sometimes uh, and the way the game's going. A.J. Brown's on fire. Is it understandable in your estimation or is there a, a bigger issue here? Um, I think there's a little bit of a bigger issue, but the issue to me isn't that okay, now they can't run the ball, they're dead. They, I just think that they have to go back to their drawing board a little bit. So if you go back to the Minnesota game when they just ran all over Brian Flores' defense, I remember watching the All-22 of that and thinking, wow, you know, Brian's trying to like play a lot of cloud coverages and only stop the run with five or six guys, which is pretty dangerous against the Eagles' offensive line. But the one thing you'll notice about like Jordan Hicks, their linebacker, is that on every shotgun inside zone run, you could see him. Am I am I playing the outside or am I going inside? Am I still worried that the quarterback's going to keep the ball or am I not? So he would be a half second late mm-hmm. to a lot of those inside runs by DeAndre Swift. And you, I bet you, if I went through all first three, four, five games, right, you're going to see the same thing. Buccaneers linebacker—they're all worried about the threat of Jalen Hurts keeping it and running to the outside, and that makes him a step slow. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing I, I, I noticed against Miami is those guys were – those linebackers were blitzing. Like, they call it sugaring the A-gaps or blitzing. They're just coming up and cheating at the line of scrimmage against the run. Why? Well, they probably were the first team to say, you know what, we don't see a whole lot of Jalen Hurts running the ball and keeping anymore. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to respect it the way we used to or other teams were earlier in the year. Uh, In fact, the reason why the Dallas Goddard screen touchdown was so effective in that game was because the Eagles noticed it too – that both linebackers are coming, safety's coming. So they just said, bam, we'll just change up it on them, pretend we're going to run, throw it. To, and Goddard had one guy to beat. Right. You know, uh, it was just one safety that Mylotta had to block. So that's why I say if teams are – and Washington was doing the same thing. Let's get to, let's get our safeties up. Let's get, all right, let's get our running backs into the, into the line of scrimmage. And I'm sorry, get our linebackers to the line of scrimmage early. So if teams are going to start to do that, the Eagles can still run the ball. I think that you're going to have to start to see more switches to outside zone, right? If the linebackers are coming to the A-gaps, you want to flip it and go outside. You probably want to see a little more screens. You just want to see – you've got to loosen – you have to, to react to how they're now reacting to you. I still think the Eagles should be able to run the ball because they have a very good offensive line, a good mm-hmm. running back. And if Jalen Hurts, his knee gets improved over the next few weeks, maybe he can just keep it a few times to keep defenses honest. But there certainly is a tactical way that the Eagles are being attacked now that is different than in the past. And that is has, at least for a few weeks, impacted the running game. Yeah, Jeff, I said basically teams have, have decided basically if we're going to have a fighting chance against this Eagles team, we have to try to take away something. And they've made a concerted effort to take away the running game and force them to put the ball up more now. Against the Jets, it worked because they, they got the turnovers, you know. Um, against against Miami and Washington, it worked to a certain point, but not enough. Um, how impressed have you been 
with um, impressed or shocked with the way Jalen has had to play with this less than 100% knee. Now, they keep deeming. Everybody I talk to keeps saying it's a bone bruise. It's just a bone bruise. But, obviously, you see the lack of mobility is there. He's forced to have more of a pocket presence. He's still delivering the goods in a lot of ways, but also taking away that other element of his game, that, that ability to just take off and go, it, it does give a defense – a little, a little bit more fighting chance against him. Yeah, I mean, a little bit more, but it also shows right how far he's come yes. as a quarterback. The game yes. that he just had, where he threw four touchdowns and dissected a defense, and he wasn't running at all. Yep. That he couldn't have done that two. We wouldn't have seen that two years ago. So that's a that's definitely a feather in his cap and a testament to his work ethic and how good he's become. I did get a laugh at Nick Sirianni's press conference the other day when Marcus Hayes asked him if there was something to the fact that Jalen Hurts seems to play really darn well when he gets hurt. You know, go back to last mm -hmm. year with the collarbone. You know, he had it all throughout the Super Bowl. Probably had one of the best Super Bowls for a, a losing quarterback, right? Yeah. And Nick Sirianni, in typical Nick Sirianni fashion, starts like going on and on and on and talking. And by the end of it, He's like, this is a good idea. Maybe I'll look into it and see if there's something to that. And all I'm thinking of is, well, what, what are you going to do with the information you get? Okay, he plays really well. He's hurt. So next time he's healthy, you're going to take a baseball bat to his ankles? Like, well, I mean, there's really yeah, nothing to do with Kerrigan. that information. <laughs> yeah, where's Jeff Galuli when you need him? Right? Um, <laughs> oh, we can't have this healthy quarterback. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, let me let me stay on the on the running back thing. Last last question from on the running backs, Jeff, from me, um, because Nick uh, made it pretty clear today that Gainwell stays as the two. Is, yeah. is that a big deal in your estimation? Like, would you like to see them change that up a little bit? Either Boston Scott with some more touches, or give Penny an opportunity that doesn't he hasn't seemed to have all year? Would you do anything with the with the guys behind Swift? I I would say, Rob, my biggest question right now is why is Rashad Penny on your 53-man roster? There you and go. What, what is the long game here? Um, it was clear from some people we spoke to who saw the Eagles preseason tape that the Rashad Penny in Eagle of Eagles preseason was not the Rashad Penny who finished off that, you know, on that torrid pace a couple of years ago, the last six games. And obviously it wasn't just clear to the people watching the tape that we spoke to. It was clear to the Eagles. Hmm. I mean – They've played Rashad Penny once this year in a game where Boston Scott was hurt and DeAndre it was that Minnesota game where DeAndre yeah. Swift was carrying it so much. The guy had to come out for a few snaps. Mm -hmm. They play Penny. He gets nine yards on three carries, and then, like, we never hear from him again, right? Mm -hmm. So they clearly have not been happy with him and don't want to play him. So why is he on your 53? It's yeah. not like he's a quarterback. It's not like he's a pass rusher. I guarantee you if they cut him tomorrow – they could probably – well, now now that we're past the deadline, everybody you cut technically gets waived, right? So if he gets waived tomorrow, he's probably going to clear waivers and you can get him onto your practice squad. And then that'll – and by the way, this this all might happen because Cam mm -hmm. Juergens comes back. They need to open up a roster spot again. Right, yeah. Because yeah. um, Julio Jones got signed today. So so I, I don't know, Rob. The, I, I really don't want to see Rashad Penny get the ball more because – the answers that we're all getting to the test here is that the coaches don't think Rashad Penny is very good right now, or okay. else they would have at least played him a little bit. It would have been nice if the Eagles had maybe a blowout win here in the fourth quarter, so maybe they could get him in and get him. My, I've, I've thought since maybe September that they just felt like they needed him. Maybe he needed more time. He's had a lot of injuries. Maybe he has to get his conditioning. Maybe he just didn't look explosive. 
and there's a long game here. And maybe that's the case. Um, but I actually, when you, to answer your question, I like seeing more DeAndre Swift. I think he's their most explosive runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I can see why you would say, you know, you don't really see a whole lot of explosion or out of, out of Kenneth Gainwell. He's kind of just a guy in there right now. And now right. he's you're texting with fans. That's always bad when you're in the middle at halftime and you're, you're responding to a fan on, on DM or whatever. But, you know, the, to me, the answer is just more DeAndre Swift because I think he's just such a great weapon. But I also understand that he's been hurt a lot. So um, I don't know. I guess I didn't answer your question other than. No, I, 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 the, the answer is there's, to you, and I agree with you, it's just just Swift is the best option by far. And the other two are kind of negligible. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, yeah. maybe if you want to switch it up a little bit. I got you. I got you. Basically, I've said I would elevate Boston Scott to number two and demote Gainwell to number three. I think Scott is a smaller version. Um, he's. I, I think Scott is the best blocking back they have. There's yeah. no question about that. He's not a liability in the passing game. He's he's shifty. Defenses have a hard time finding him when he hits the, the line of scrimmage. You know, by the time they find him, he's gone. You cannot arm tackle him. You know, I think he's a much better, a much more dynamic weapon uh, than than Gamewell is in that backfield Fair now. Point. Now, now yeah. what Rob just said, Sirianni says Gamewell will stay the number two. Okay, well, how much longer? You know, the one thing about the Eagles, as good as they've been, sometimes they have a problem admitting their mistakes as they did with Jalen Rager and as they appear to be doing with Gainwell right now. Yeah. Well, and, and to be honest with you, I think that's a Nick Sirianni thing too. He, he certainly has guys, you know, starting with Quez Watkins that he just falls in love with. Remember Quez Watkins at the beginning of last year was like, he could be the best number two wide receiver I've ever coached. I mean, this guy was a a wide receivers coach with the chargers when they had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like, are you kidding me? So it's I was with Kansas City with Todd Haley and some some good weapons. So that was that to me was just Nick Sirianni hyping up his guys, which he is want to do. But I think we've seen now that Quez Watkins probably isn't a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's just not. He's an outside receiver. He has speed of an outside receiver. He's not what you normally typically see from a slot receiver. But when he's healthy, Nick Sirianni has played him there a whole lot mm-hmm. um, through thick and through thin. So he does seem to cling to to his guys. Mm. Jeff, I just want to hop to the defense real quick here. Um, yeah. Alarmed at all? I know he's not. He doesn't get a ton of reps because the 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 top two guys, obviously with Sweat and and you know Hassan Reddick, are just monsters. But we've seen very little from Brandon Graham this year. Um, he's got a half a sack. He's got five tackles. Um, is this just hey, it's going to come in waves, or you know, and we all love him, but are we starting to see sort of the the end of the line here with him? Probably a little bit. Um, you know, I think last year BG really didn't play a whole lot of snaps until Barnett went down, which was early, right? So this could have been really the blueprint for BG even last year, and then Barnett went down. Well, now Barnett's healthy. He barely plays as well. Um, they are very deep at that position, and and it's hard to take Sweat and Reddick off of the field in pass rush situations. I do like the fact that there have been a couple of times that Desai has thrown Graham on the field in like a five-man front. They've lined him up over the no, over the center like a nose tackle, but had him rush the passer. So it does feel like they're trying to get him on the field in different ways. But they just have two, you know, Jalen Carter and I, I thought going into the year, Rob, to answer your question more fuller, that Jordan Davis was going to be a guy who came off the field 
in pass rush situations mm-hmm. and you're going to have Fletcher Cox there and Jalen Carter, or you're going to move Brandon Graham back inside like Super Bowl year, you know, but Jordan Davis is doing a really good job on third down. Yep. If he's not rushing the passer, he's moving the person in front of him and opening yep. up and create And obviously Jalen Carter is tremendous and Fletcher Cox. So it's hard to get the guy on the field. Mm. Jeff, going back to what you were talking about, uh, uh, Rashad Penny, for a moment. Uh, I didn't get this in earlier. Everything I've been told consistently about Penny is he's an insurance policy. But why is he an insurance policy and he's on your 53? You're not going to play the guy. You know, if nothing else, stick him on the practice squad. Why is he on your 53? You can put another body you need there. Uh, uh, You know, and you say Cam Jurgens, if he comes back this week, and it's not 100%. They may they may keep Cam out this week and let him get another week to heal up. But I'm ne- I don't understand this move. For all the great moves this organization has made the last couple of years, I can't get past this one with a penny. First of all, he can't be happy about that because I if you told him that when you signed, I guarantee you he wouldn't have signed here. Wait, you're bringing me here just to be an insurance policy? You're not going to give me much much run. You know what I mean? Well, you could look at that too. Is if I'm Rashad Penny right now, I think I'm pretty happy that I've, I've I'm getting a paycheck every week and I'm not doing anything. True. So I, you know, who not? I mean, would he get a job somewhere else? I think now with with eight weeks of tape showing he carried the ball three times, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying though, I think you could get him onto the practice squad and have him as your insurance policy, and yeah. that would make sense. They haven't really had to though, Gunner yet make yeah. that yeah. transaction, but. Right. They're coming up on that time because, as you just said, Cam Jurgens could come back this week. If mm-hmm. not, it's the next week. Bradley Roby will be ready to come back mm-hmm. soon. And then you got Quez Watkins and Justin Evans, who only have one game left to go on IR before they get activated into the 21 day window. So the time's going to be called. Someone's got to, yeah. someone's got to go. Something's got to give. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cowboys. You know, so we, we've seen them bounce back after the, a couple of bad losses. They, they, obviously, Arizona was a bad one and, and uh, at San Fran. Um, how real are they, Jeff? Is this is this a year where, you know, we should take them a little bit more seriously because people poo-poo McCarthy and, you know, what's happened in the playoffs with them? How good are they? I think they're pretty good. I think that they're, for whatever reason, inconsistent defensively. Mm-hmm. There are, I mean, they're, they're either beating people like 45 to 12 or they're losing to the Arizona Cardinals, right? Like in an inexplicable fashion. So they're a hard team. To, did they lose to the Rams too, or is that not one of those teams? They won that one. That was they lost to San Francisco. Yeah, that's yeah. right. San Francisco, and and honestly, it did, it wasn't like like they did not. They were not competitive in that game. No. So I still think that offensively, they have a difficult time finding somebody other than C.D. Lamb to really help them move the chains. Uh, they they were hoping Brandon Cooks would add an explosive element to their game. They were hoping Michael Gallup would be the Michael Gallup before his knee injury. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's happened for them yet. Tony Pollard, uh, you know, I think he's coming on a little bit, but you're seeing now the difference of what it means when you're a rotational back versus when you're the, the high-volume ball carrier. But, again, they've had some prolific games. So, I, you know, at any time they can be that Dallas Cowboys team – that goes out and drops, you know, 40 or 30, like they did the first two weeks of the season. Beat New England Patriots 38 to 3. So I, I I don't know. Their their losses though have just been perplexing. They weren't particularly impressive against the Chargers in their win. They're just a very hard team to kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they they're clearly again inconsistent in areas. I think this is a good I think both teams match up against each other 
pretty well, though. And because CeeDee Lamb is such a good inside interior receiver who can play outside, too, I think he does present a problem for what the Eagles are, are going through right now on their back end. If there's one aspect of this Dallas team coming here Sunday that might concern you, what would it be? Um, we talked about Slay and Bradbury not playing their mm-hmm. best. Yeah. So CeeDee Lamb's going to get his yards. I would be a little concerned that Dallas pops a few deep ones uh, on the on the perimeter to guys we just talked about who aren't being difference make like a Brandon Cooks or a Michael mm-hmm. Gallup. Uh, one of those guys kind of resurfaces as a an explosive threat because for whatever reason Bradbury and Slay not playing so well. Wow. Mm. Okay, mm. Jeff, listen, man, thank you. Uh, always, always great catching up with you. And, and appreciate again, you, bro. Check, check out Anytime. Inside the Birds; it's awesome. Uh, Jeff and Adam Kaplan co-host. Great inside information, sources, film study. I mean, you name it across the board, man. You guys do an awesome job. It, it, it is must watch uh, for sure. But we appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. All right, Jeff. Thanks, appreciate man. You. Appreciate you, you man. Mm-hmm. All right, take care. That is Jeff Mosher inside the birds. Interesting information there, Gunner. There's no doubt. Always good talking with uh Absolutely. With Jeff. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. There's a lot to dive into with the NFL. I mean, we touched on the Raiders stuff. There's man, they're they're cleaning house. There's there's they're deciding who take going with the young quarterback. There's a lot to, to get into, which we'll do. Yeah, uh, Tina said later, Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll come back. Oh uh, man, full blown NFL segment when we return. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania's tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. Uh, They are the most cost-effective solution to any tree problem that you may face. They're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. 
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Everybody, oh, so I'm eating. Oh, 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 oh who gets caught eating on camera? I'm not oh. doing the D gun uh, post Halloween cram. Oh, look Banana. who gets caught! Look who gets caught eating on camera. Oh, okay, yeah, that's Stun. right. Stun. Yeah, wash, wash it down. Go ahead and wash it down. No, right I'm here. fine. I don't need to. Why was no. banana? It was good. Go I, don't, I don't want you spitting banana all over the screen. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, all right. So we mentioned uh-huh. a little bit earlier uh, the Raiders. Yeah, a little housekeeping there. So they uh, they fire their head coach, Josh McDaniels, their general manager, Dave Ziegler. They've also fired their offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi. Uh, you know what? Mick's brother, Matt, is an offensive line coach. Ooh. That's got to be awkward if he's – I don't know if he's still there or not. I haven't heard anything, but that's got to be awkward. No? I mean, that's got to be a weird situation for him. Yeah, I mean – this this got out of control in a hurry. Now, I, I will give Mark Davis credit for one thing. He sees it spiraling downward. Your highest profile player in Devontae Adams, visibly upset and animated on a sideline during a game, a national game on a Monday night. Yeah. And he decided to, to, to rush in and snip the cord right away. It's already bad. We've got to stop this bleeding, no matter how bad it may look from this point moving forward. What is the biggest problems? They identify the head coach, the GM, and the offensive coordinator. You're not, I mean, Devontae Adams has 53 catches. But at this pace, he's on pace to catch well under 100 catches based on the last three years when he's had 100 or more. Now, I would imagine, don't know this for a fact, I would imagine there had to be some conversation with Devontae after that game. Because you can... You can visibly see if you if you can read lips. You can visibly see when he slams his helmet. He sits down and says, "I'm sick of this bleep," and mm-hmm. puts his head down and puts his head in his hands. That's that's as defining a moment as you can get. Now you said the Raiders are already. You said they already said they're going to go with the young quarterback. This yeah, week? Aiden O'Connell will get the start. They have benched okay. Garoppolo. There, it's yeah. not going to be Hoyer. It's going to be the young guy. Yeah. See, well, I, I give I give Mark Davis a lot of credit for doing it because that's exactly what I'm thinking. Garoppolo show Monday night, he's lost it. I mean, that was so evident when he curled up 
when he still had a chance to slide one way or the other to buy extra time, yeah. he stood flat-footed and curled up like a snail and took the hit. He he was he was visibly doing this to see where the hit was coming from. Yeah. He quit before the play was over. And if there's one thing about having the likes of a Devontae Adams at your disposal, that man is the best in the business at shaking free of coverage. There's no question about it. You diffused your offense. That game, as lopsided as it was statistically, that game was still there for you to pull off a shocker. Yeah. And your quarterback cost you some significant downs and significant plays. So as bad as it is, I will give Mark Davis credit. Uh, only coach, so much. He 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 hired all these guys. Oh yeah, he did. But but and he's a terrible owner. But he is. But we yes, I agree with you one thousand one million percent. But in this particular case, on a national stage, he came out of that game saying, "We've got to stop this hemorrhaging right now." Yeah. Head coach, GM, offensive coordinator, quarterback are the prime suspects in what's going on here. No now doubt. the replacement, Antonio Pierce. Great linebacker when he played in the game. Yep. Never head coached anywhere. Had his first head coaching meeting today with the with the coaching staff and the players. Rob, sometimes we've seen a, a, a dramatic change like this is a significant change in morale, commitment, energy level. Maybe that's what this team needs. I'm not saying they're going to win a bunch of games, but maybe that's what this maybe that's what this team needs. Maybe it was more. Maybe it was more than Devontae Adams grumbling up to this point. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, they needed some form of shock therapy, right? They need they needed something to just 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 poof, you know put the Chargers on them yeah, uh, yeah. here and, and get something going. I mean, if you look at it, mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, well, well, let's start with Devontae Adams. So. 47 catches, 539 yards, three touchdowns. That's not going to cut it. 67 nope. yards per, per game. Hunter Renfro's completely fallen out of it. He's got 10 catches. He's played all eight, eight games they played. 10 catches, 92 yards. That's atrocious. Yeah, he was a pro bowler in, in 21. Then you go to Josh Jacobs, who led the league in, in rushing. He's got yep. 408 yards, 3.1 yards per carry, and 51 yards per game. Like, And this guy's – Josh McDaniels is an offensive mind. Yes. Disaster. I mean, total disaster here. Um, so many coaches in the game that are better position coaches than they are head coaches. And I understand when you have a dream of being a coach in the NFL and you want that chance to be a head coach, you take it. If somebody gives it to you, you take it. That's what outside of being a player, what's yeah. the next level of big money being a head coach in the National Football League? For sure. You take those opportunities. I'm sure I'm sure Mark Davis, when he hired Josh McDaniel, said, okay, he learned his valuable lesson in Denver. Uh, obviously he didn't, you know. His first year in the league, he was six and eleven. This year now three and five. It's not going to get much better. Mark Davis said, I gotta stop, I gotta stop this right now. Yeah. Players are visibly upset. I if if we don't do something drastic right now, we lose the team for the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. You got yeah. to. Yeah, and you may already have lost some guys and you got to try and get them back. Uh I, I agree. I agree. With you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Couple, a couple other uh, things. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, the Falcons are benching Ritter and going with Taylor Heineke. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now Taylor Heineke to me is like that energizer bunny. He's that you rah rah guy off the bench. Yep. He can come in and give an offensive spark. How many times do we see him do it with Washington? He did it against the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. You know. Um, Ritter, we thought at the beginning of the season, this young man had all the promise in the world. Obviously, it hasn't been as fluid as Atlanta likes. And the fact that Atlanta's 
still what four and three at this point. Well, they're four and four, but that they're four on, and four. They're tied with New Orleans on top of the division. It's a bad yep. division, so you have a shot. Oh, Rob, our two teams are neck and neck. Uh, it's coming down the stretch. That's Will right. it be the Saints? Will it be the Falcons? I still feel pretty good about my Saints winning that division by yeah. default. The division of futility is yeah. what that is. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I think Heineke will give that offense a spark. I really do. His, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he's accurate. Yeah. You know, and he is scrappy. He, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna give you everything. Yeah, I mean, you know that. And he'll 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 he's good off schedule. He's scrappy you know, running around buying yeah. team, you know, time and all that yeah. kind of stuff. He's good at that. Um, so this one, I man, the Raiders are right there and the Bears aren't far behind, but in terms of dysfunction. Um, so the Raiders have uh the the Bears have fired, have had another coach leave, and it wasn't necessarily a football decision. So the running backs coach, his name's David Walker, uh, was fired, and it was an HR decision. What? Apparently, he had been warned earlier in the year, whatever whatever he did, that if you do it again, you're going to be gone by HR. And he did it again, and he got fired. Now, they had their, their defensive coordinator, if you remember, in the beginning of the year. Alan Williams resigned, and there's still – a cloud of mystery over that whole thing. You know, there, there's some that say he stepped away for health reasons. Others say that the, the that HR said, you you better get out of here or this thing you're, is going to get a lot worse for you. So, man, not good. Not a good look. As, as we speak, I'm texting my guy with the Bears, and I'm saying, what the heck is going on with you guys? Another coach fired yeah. by HR? Behavioral let's, let's issue said. is what they're calling it, a behavioral issue. What? Dude, what is it? they should change the name to the Chicago Caligulas. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, that could mean any a number. Like you could have been <laughs> yelling at some. It could be anything. I don't know what it is, man. Hey, 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 look, ain't Rob, good. Rob, let's be honest. Anytime HR steps in, you know what that means. <laughs> Somebody yeah. getting slapped on the wrist for something you shouldn't have said or that you shouldn't have done. Correct. Come on, man. Come on, Correct. Rob. Yep. Let's not sugarcoat it here. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> bye bye. He is bye bye. He's out of there. So uh, yeah, that that oh. fun year continues with the Bears. Oh man, what what? How hideous is that? You know, with that whole thing. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh. All right. Uh, I actually good move here by Buffalo. They get Rasul Douglas at the trade deadline because uh, he's he's got to step in there because of Tre'Davious White's in, uh, injury. Uh, I know he played well for the Packers. He did. That's a good move. One of the few bright spots for that Green Bay defense. Yep. You know, I hate to see him go, considering how he was jettisoned out of here. And he went to he went to Arizona initially, yeah, and was basically an afterthought there. And Green Bay takes him from Arizona. All of a sudden, he pl- he plays like a pro bowler for Green Bay. Found a home. You know? He did. And they paid. They gave him like a twenty one million, three year, twenty one million dollar contract. Played well for Green Bay, and now Green Bay's let him go. Um, Green Bay, Green Bay, they, the fans there. I think Green Bay fans are some of the most tolerant fans of, of, of ineptitude of any fans in the NFL. They are ready to torch that organization. And this is unlike, you know me, you know my history of Green Bay. Yeah. Um, they're ready. I'm looking at a lot of the comments and talking to people there. Dude, they want the GM gone. They want them to draft another quarterback. The biggest public outcry is, how did you build this team? How did you let this team get so devoid of talent? You went from a Pro Bowl quarterback to the toilet bowl. It, it is, it's ugly in Green Bay right now, and rightfully so. When you look at the way they play, they can't score. They can't move the offense. Yeah, you know the defense has kept them in most of the games. They want the defensive coordinator. I wanted the defensive coordinator out of there last year. Mm-hmm. 
they've got to gut this thing and start over. And that's not that's not like Green Bay to do this. But they have missed so many draft picks. They have missed more than they've hit. And, and that organization is going to down the tubes in a hurry. And people up there are irate. And, well, the whole state of Wisconsin, the fan base there is irate. Wow. Wow. You're right, Barbara. The Packers are in trouble. You're yes. right. And I'm not talking about just wins and losses. I'm talking about organizational structure. They're in deep trouble unless they unless they get rid of this Gutenhurst guy. He's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So it's a couple other things. Josh Allen is limited. He's got a shoulder thing that he's dealing with. That they. Uh, I'll tell you what. That we, we we'll we'll dive into the games a little bit more. You know, uh, starting tomorrow because we we do have a Thursday night game: Titans and the Steelers. But uh, you know, Buffalo's got a. Got an interesting one in front of them. They, they play Sunday night against the Bengals. That's a pretty Ooh. big game for both. Buffalo's five and three, and the Bengals Ooh. are four and three. That's a Where big. Where's that? Was Cincy or Buffalo? That Cincy. Cincy's won three straight. That's a that's a bad that's a bad spot for Buffalo, um, especially with with Cincinnati coming on right now. And Joe Burrow's calf injury seems to be uh, getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Modern technology at its finest. Um, good matchup. Stephon Diggs going against their defense. You know, Jamar chasing that crew against the Buffalo defense. That's a, that's a good matchup. I'll get home just in time to see the second half of that one. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Coming that, back, that, there's a couple yeah. good games. Like if you look at it, that that's obviously a good one. Eagles Cowboys, even nationally, that's a that's yep. a big time game yep. uh, for sure. But a couple other that, that are good ones: Seattle at Baltimore. That's a good game uh, for sure. Both teams playing very well. Um, there's one other one that caught my eye that wasn't bad. Oh, the the, uh, the Germany game, the the early game. The yeah. nine thirty game, Dolphins and Chiefs. So you oh, there's two games good- in one day from Germany. I thought they were doing them back to back weeks. Was it no? It's it's one. They're doing two games, right? Two games in Germany. One this week, one next week. Yeah, right. Bad. Yeah, just one I'm this bad. week though. Yeah. It's the sugar high, Rob. I'm sorry, man. I'm discombobulated right <laughs> Too many now. Too orange it's slices, sugar. man. It's a, it's a, it's a, hey, man, I ain't got no orange slices left. What, what time is the next commercial break? Are you jonesing right now? Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I, gotta, I gotta go downstairs, man. I gotta have to get me some some Starburst or something. <laughs> get, get your fix, Gunner. All right, get your fix. All right. Uh, so, hey, hey, real quick. So yeah. I asked my guy. I said, "Hey, what the heck is going on?" Another coach fired by HR. The response is, "Can't make this bleep up." I can't. Oh, I'm gonna say the word. Can't oh, make this bleep up. So. Dude, this that the Bears are an absolute mess right now, man. I'm yeah, telling you. Uh, that I think their coach and the GM might be goners because there's been a lot of mistakes made. There's been a lot of mistakes. He, there's you know, an, I I thought he was my first candidate to get fired before the season was over. He could be he, number two real quick. And you know what the other problem is too? They still don't have any idea what Justin Fields is. I know. Like I know. that, if, if there's anything comes out of this year for them. Oh, and I know he's still hurt, but once he gets back, you got to figure out if he's your guy long term or not. You have to, but I blame it on the organization. You didn't give him enough offensive line. You you went out and traded for a wide receiver. You got to give more than just a wide receiver. You got to you got to give him more. Now, now Cole Komet's a decent tight end. I like yeah. Cole Komet, yep. but you're not getting him the ball enough. Right. You, you don't have a DJ Moore's not getting utilized enough. No, you, you don't. You don't. You don't have a legitimate number two receiver. And you have a decent running game, but you got a bad offensive line in front of you. Yeah, you know, so so I, the, you know, and then they hire this coach. Okay, well the owner's not going to fire himself. So you hired a coach who hired these slim shady coaches, right? So so now you've had you've slim had two slim shady, shady coaches. You, nice. You've had two slim shady coaches fired. Where's the axe fall next, Rob? Yeah, <laughs> it, fall, it falls on Eminem. 
And the, the big Slim Shady's going to get <laughs> Big Slim Shady about to get whacked, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, he's, he is definitely next, man. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Oh, um, man. Uh, Kirk Cousins successfully had the uh, the Achilles uh, surgery uh, today. So he okay. gave the thumbs up. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers is offering advice on how to recover from the, uh, the Achilles. I don't know that, that Kirk was- – I don't know that that's his scene. Maybe some of the stuff that Aaron's doing to get to get himself back. Hey, look, Kirk Cousins is a strong Christian man. He'll he'll go to natural healing before he tries it. How what is the ayahuasca? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kirk, how quickly do you want to play? Look at A Rod. You might make it back by the playoffs if Vikings get yeah. the playoffs, man. At the rate that Aaron Rodgers is going, he might be playing next week. I I don't know how any of this is even happening, man. Dude, I, I'm I telling know. you right now, we saw Aaron Rodgers on the field planting his foot throwing passes Sunday, right? Yes. If we see that man running wind sprints next week, I'm get, I'm going to the Amazon region and get some of this ayahuasca. I, I think we all will. I mean, <laughs> my God, man. It, 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 it's unbelievable, uh, yeah. you know, what's happening there. Aaron Rodgers yeah, graduated I mean, from peyote to ayahuasca. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Give me some uh, of that stuff. Well, the so elsewhere, just, just to recap, um, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but, you, you know, he had – you had some teams that the Eagles are going to be vying with, Derek, who helped themselves, you know, in yeah, a big way. Yeah, Leonard yeah. Williams is a nice move for yes. sure uh, for Seattle. And then, you know, Chase Young, like we talked about. So h- how much – if you're looking at this thing, um, do you, you – I think we talked about it yesterday. Do you still have the Niners ahead of the Cowboys in terms of the closest runner-up team? Can't answer that question until Sunday. Okay. Cannot answer that okay, question. That's fair. I got to see. I got to see how Dallas looks against the Eagles before I answer that question. Mm-hmm. Because I, I tell you what, I can tell you this much. I, and again, I bet every Monopoly dollar I own, uh, I, I will will say it today, and I will say it when we pick Friday, and I will say it when I pick on the pregame show. I'm picking the Eagles to win the game. But if the Eagles lose that game, come Monday, the Eagles are not the number one team in the NFC. Yeah, fair. Right. Well, how could you they know? be? I mean. You absolutely, they're both going to have the same amount of losses, the Eagles and the Cowboys. The yeah. Cowboys will have one less win just because they haven't played as many games. And right, right. San Fran's on a bye. You know, I, I'm guessing they're going to heal up a little bit. They'll get probably Trent Williams back and, and Debo at some point. And, and now Chase Young? What? Yeah, what? now they add Chase Young. And they'll also, I, I mean, this is going to be self-reflection time for them. Like, what what, what happened the last three games? You know, okay, got to be. And Steve Wilkes is under fire now. Uh, people are screaming that, you know, and I gave you the stats on their pressure, 24th in the league in pressure, which is shocking to me. If you had said 10, maybe 11, but 24th with that front? Way too much talent. Way, way that, too much talent. And you've yeah. added Randy Gregory and now Chase Young as well? Yeah. There's no excuse for that. No. Every, 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 all right. One, two, three, blitz, break. One, two, three, blitz, break. That's mm-hmm. all. With that front, and you got the best inside linebacker in the game in Fred Warner patrolling yeah. the middle of the field. Yeah. The back end can take care of itself. We need to put more pressure. You know, I'm going, if I'm the Niners, I'm five man front in every chance I get now. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, and the other thing that they can do is they can just keep firing fastballs at you. What? With these guys. What? Yeah. Yeah, hey, no you know our conversation Monday about best teams in the in the conference is going to be interesting, depending on things that happen this weekend. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, just just go if you go around the league at at some of the games that we're talking about. Eagles Dallas has huge implications for sure. Uh, Chiefs Dolphins could be interesting. Like if the oh. Dolphins can beat them, yes, 
you know, uh, that, that all they control the AFC. Well, yeah, and the, and the Chiefs have lost two in a row. And you're right. They, yeah, they, yeah. That's the thing about Mahomes is, Derek, that we don't know in, in the playoffs. Uh, he's he's used to playing at home. He's never, he's never had to play a road playoff game. <laughs> that's insane. Is, that what, is it never had to I, or never I won? I, I, I don't know. One of the above. I don't think he's played a road playoff game. But he is to accustomed to, to mostly being home for sure. Um, so that one's going to gonna tell us a lot. You know, the Seahawks can go on the road and win in Baltimore. Like when the Lions went on the road to Baltimore, they got killed. If they go on the road to Baltimore and beat a, a Ravens team that's red hot, that oh my would, be, would go a long way. No and, question. Know, the, well, we're going to know a lot more about AFC dominance with the Bengals and the Bills. Um, and I think, you know, one of the Chargers or Jets can almost kind of eliminate themselves or at least put themselves in a real tough spot yeah. if they lose yeah. that game. Here's, here's the thing, too, about Seattle and San Francisco. If they stay one game behind the Eagles and they beat the Eagles, they're on a head-to-head in terms of home field. They, yeah. That's huge. Those games are huge. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, the standings right now, um, you know, conference standings, Eagles are, are, are a game up on Detroit, and uh, they're a game and a half because Seattle's played a less game on Seattle and Dallas. And then it's San Fran at five and three. And obviously this, when you seed these, you could have a team with the worst record ranked higher because they won their division. Like one of those bad teams in the NFC South is going to, is going to have a higher, a higher ranking than, than right. one of the wildcard teams who probably has more wins, Right. which right. I, which I don't know is necessarily fair, but, but that's just the way the league does it. Wow. At this stage, at this stage, there's four games that are telling tales for this Eagle season. Now we don't know what Detroit, and, and we've, we talked about this earlier this week. Detroit has the inside edge in terms of, of winning a bunch of games because of their schedule. Very but, easy schedule to close. Yeah. But the Eagles have four important games. Four, the most, the four most important games are the two against Dallas, San Francisco and Seattle. Yes. You know, you look at Seattle's two losses, Dallas, two losses, Niners, three losses. You know, Detroit is six and two. They're number right now. They're the number two seed because based on games played, a six and two. They're a half game up on Seattle, who's five and two. Right. You know, but you got huge. You got huge playoff implications huge, coming up. Huge man. Yeah, yeah. and Dan's oh. right. Dallas would own the head to head. They will have played one less game. But if Dallas wins the following week when the Eagles are off, then Dallas would be in first place because yes. they would make up the half yes. game and they'd have the head to head against the Eagles. Absolutely. So, yeah, and the, I think more than anything else about this game, you have to prove if you're the Eagles that you can beat Dak Prescott. Like, I know yeah. you see him against other teams struggle from time to time and all those kind of things, but, I, you know, he, he is a guy who has played extremely well against the Eagles. So you have got to show this. What's the matter? My, my guy I'm asking with the Bears, when I said, what did this guy do? He said, no one sang, but – I can't. I'll send you. I don't know if I should say this or not, All but right. it's it's similar to what I was thinking. But okay. I'll send this to uh, to you in tone. So I well, here's what amazes me, you, and it happens all the time to the to the heads of movie theaters, to I, I, or movie you know production yes, companies. Yes. But like you've you battled your whole life to get to that spot to get that job, and. Uh. All right, I just sent it to you. So you look at it and you tell me. And I just, don't, I, don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah, I got you. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's a, kind of an implication of what you thought. Yeah, Sorry, you Tina. Were. Can't spill it. Can't do it. What Sorry, you were Tina. implying. Yes, I got you. 
Um, anyway, uh, Deron Bland, who is the hey, one of the Cowboys yes. cornerbacks. You're going to be a whole lot of slim shades leaving that organization. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds We may not be done. Yeah, HR might not be done. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, uh, but, you were saying, I'm sorry. No, I'm saying, this guy's Deron Bland, man, is really good, Derek. Did you see, did you see the stats I just gave you on yeah, him? Yeah, so let me, let me just give it to people. Derek just sent these to me. So he's got an 89.9 coverage grade, right? This is off of PFF, Pro Football Focus. With 89.9 is number one in the league. He's only allowed six catches coming his way. Yep. He's got three INTs, which are pick sixes, six forced incompletions, and a 7.5 passer rating allowed. Like, this guy is probably – they all the hype went to Diggs before he got hurt. This guy's better than Diggs. That's what I said. I said on Monday. Now, Diggs is a great anticipator on the ball. I give yep. him that. But here's where Deron Bland is better. He defends better than Diggs. Diggs was giving up nine hundred thousand yards a season. Look at what this guy's doing mm-hmm. on a on a rookie deal, basically. You see, so you know, hey, one man's injury is another man's opportunity, and this young man is t- making the most of his opportunity. And from what we're seeing, it doesn't look like the back end of the Cowboys' defense is missing a beat with this guy playing back there. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. And considering, you know, Jalen has had some issues with interceptions. Yes. You know, on top of it, you got to be really careful. Cowboys uh, really rush careful. with the way they're playing, the opportunistic guys in the back end. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. You know, I, Yeah, like the more I look at this game, the more it's it's going to come down. I'm going to say this a lot this year, the rest of the way, is the defensive line for the Eagles. Like if the defensive line can help out the back end of this thing. Dak is prone to interceptions. You remember last year, the game at Dallas? Yeah. Uh, with Sweat. Sweat had a pick six. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, he did. Sure did. You can, yeah, you can force him into that. I mean, you can force him into those kind of mistakes. It, it changes everything here. But if you're not getting pressure on him, He's going to hurt these this, these D-backs. He's just this. The Eagles aren't up to speed right now at that position. They're not there yet. No, no. And like I said, it's going to be a season-long – it's going to be a season-long boat ride for the for the back end of that secondary for the Eagles. Um, there's going to be smooth sailing some games, and there's going to be some choppy waters in other games. And you've got that stretch of games against Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, um, uh, Geno Smith, that are that are going to test you. They are going to test you. When you look at the collection of receivers that Seattle has alone, when you look at that dude Mahomes, he takes guys off the street and make them look like pro bowlers. Yep. You know, Josh Allen is sometimes plays with reckless abandon, but Josh Allen has one of the strongest arms in the game mm-hmm. and can throw a ball through the eye of a needle. I mean, I've seen Josh Allen makes some stupid plays, but I've also seen him zip some in some coverage for completions yeah. that most quarterbacks can't, can't even come close to doing in yep. the National Football League. Yep. You know, no, he could do, he, he's a wow guy. There's wow plays. Yeah. Him, yeah. A couple of games. You know. uh, Brandon Lee Gowton, Bleeding Green Nation, had uh, tweeted out pretty good, some pretty good numbers. Let me throw them at you, Derek. Mm. Kenneth Gainwell among 39 running backs this season with at least 51 carries. Mm-hmm. He ranks 39th. Uh, yards after contact per attempt, 39th. His pass block rate is 33rd. Mm. His yards per route run, 31st. He's 39 out of 41 backs in success rate, and he's 42 out of 45 running backs in rushing yards uh, over expected per attempt. Now, I know some of that gets wonky, mm. but you get the you get the idea. And the other thing, the thing that really stood out to me was 
we always hear he's such a good pass blocker. Yep. 33rd. He's not really, he's not giving you production. And Nick Sirianni backed him up again today, Derek. I know. Basically saying he's, he's I know. They'll listen to me soon enough, Rob. They'll listen yeah. eventually. Like I said, sometimes they take, we all do, it's human nature. Sometimes we take a little bit longer than we should to admit our faults because we're stubborn. That's the way we are. It's human nature. Yeah. But eventually we come around. Yeah. You know? Kenny Gainwell is just an average back in the National Football League. That's what he is. There's nothing exceptional about him. He doesn't do anything great, but he doesn't do things bad. You know, I understand people magnify the fumble. I, okay, I get that. But he, he, he is, he's, far from the, he's far from the best back in the league. He's far from the worst in the league. He's a middle-of-the-road back. He can, he can be productive in this system, but he's not going to be electric in this system when you need yeah. him to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, how much you've watched of Jalen Warren, the running back for the Steelers. He, he he's a tough dude. Like he looks like he's going to be yep. a really good player. Yep. You know he's gotten flagged uh, for more than forty eight thousand dollars in fines. For what? For for varying hits, like lowering his helmet and that kind of stuff. He, he's Ooh. he's been fined twice this year, and he said he won't change his style of play. He quote he says quote I got two fines last year. I'm still doing it this year, okay? And, I mean, it's kind of hard. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to hit dudes that are like 350 pounds and two feet taller than me. I can't stand on stand my ground and kind of punch them. He, you know, he is in a tough spot. It's hard. Yeah, but, see, you, you don't come out and say that because now the refs are looking for it. You see, yeah. you don't just come out and say it because even if, if, if you're not doing it blatantly because of the speed in which you, you make impact – and if, if somebody lowers himself in, into your strike zone or lowers himself to where you – you're going to get flagged for it. Yeah. You're going to get it now because you said, I'm not changing. You basically told officials, you do what you want to do. That does not sit well with Mike Thomas. I guarantee you Mike Thomas is having a conversation or has had a conversation after that comment. I yeah. guarantee you that. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I think that's one of the tougher ones, you know, for, for a running back. You, your, your first inclination is to dip your head and try to protect yourself when you have – you know, guys coming at you, but you know, obviously the league feels differently, man. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's get a timeout in. We're going to hit a bunch of different things when we come back. More on the Michigan, you know, stealing sign scandal. Yeah. Uh, a little World Series discussion. A little Dion. We'll do some birthdays. We'll do some movies. We'll revisit the James Harden deal, the Eagles. We got a lot more in store for you when we come back in the final segment. Don't go anywhere. Derek's going to get his candy. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. and. It was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Caught you. Caught you. Welcome back, everybody. Go ahead. I don't want you choking. <clears throat> Chew it up. Real good. I'm good. <clears throat> All right. What are we what are we indulging in now? It was tough. It was a tough decision. <laughs> I had to go between the, the Hershey almond bar, hmm. the Snickers, Twix, Milky Way. N- Milky Way will never pass my lips. Okay. Yeah. And then there was either the Swedish fish or the sour patch. First of all. Sour Patch candy should be banned from a from 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 existence. You don't want to you don't want candy that, that makes your face pucker up. Yeah, it's like you, crack. Yeah. That stuff is just so. Yeah. So this one was calling me a little bit louder. I had to go with the Snickers. There you go. A tradition unlike any other. The Snickers. Yeah, there Good, you work. Go. Good work. Good <sighs> work. Um, all right. Yeah, so- Tina. See, Tina, we think alike. See, before I even showed her, she put up the Snickers out of she those knows. options. See, she knows. Yeah. We were like right here. See. <laughs> I can't see you right now, but <laughs> um, I, need right. a, I need a sugar fix, Rob, to balance myself, man. Yeah, I know. Hang in there. Uh, hang in there. Uh, you you saw. So we talked a lot about this Michigan stealing signs scandal. Right, right. It's been taken to a different level now. All right. So the latest is this Connor Stallions, who was a former Michigan staffer. They've they've canned him. Yeah, he's like the fall guy here. Right. But apparently. 
there are there is video and still photos of him oh. dressing up like a a member of the Michigan Central Michigan uh university staff what? on the sideline at Michigan State for their season opener on September 1st dude is this have we what, what are we become as sports man so he's in like central michigan gear he's got sunglasses on He's looking kind of anonymous. Um, see, this is where you start going well beyond, hey, everybody does it. You know, I'm just picking up on what those signs are. This dude is actually dressed up in another team's gear on the sidelines. <laughs> and uh, and the best is, like, Jim Harbaugh's pretending he had no knowledge of any of this. Like, give me a break, man. Give me a break. Hold Stop. Up. First of all, I don't believe anything Jim Harbaugh says. <laughs> I'm not, oh, I didn't. I didn't know about this. Yeah, okay. You didn't know. You just got caught, bro. Yeah. Now, Michigan is ranked what number three in the country right now? Number two? What? Yeah, the latest polls just came out. In fact, good, good segue, Derek Gunn. Uh, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan is your and Florida State. That's your top four, but Michigan is three right now. The, the college okay. football playoff rankings came out. Yeah. Do, do you think Michigan's board of trustees athletic department is going to do anything to disrupt their flow right now? Hell, this is hell to the no now, on that one. See, they'll play dumb until the end of the season. And then once the season's over, we've done a thorough investigation. We're yep. suspending, we're suspending Jim Harbaugh <laughs> for like the first eight games of the 2000. Number one, they don't have to play. A set. Didn't he just get an escalator kicked in also? Something. He, well, he, he was about to sign an extension and yeah. then this popped up and it went bye-bye. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Oh, 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 Antonio, you ain't lying. Mr. Goodbar. Oh my goodness. Mr. Goodbar, <laughs> man. Sorry, man. I'm a, I'm a, I like the Reese's. Uh, oh my goodness! Can never Reese's go like wrong, crack. Reese's. Uh, I, I, you mentioned the Milky Way. I'm a, I'm a big Milky Way guy. Milky I can't Way stand it. it. Make me want to throw up. I can't. Even stand Not it. a Milky Way guy. Okay. I can't stand. It. My wife loves Milky Way. Oh, which Milky she has. She does. My wife doesn't eat a lot of candy, but when she every now and then she goes, "Hey, can you get me a Milky Way?" And I'm like, "That's your first option." I'm with. I'm with Trish. I love the Milky Way, man. <clears throat> Any. I like the Hershey bar. You could go the regular. You could go Hershey's Kisses. A lot of different ways you can go with Hershey. I'll Always. tell you another one. Is, I'll tell you another one over the last year that has really moved up my um, top 10 list of candies. is called uh, Nutrageous. Have you ha ever had one of I, those? No, I never had that. No. It's made It's made by the same company that makes Hershey's. It's called Nutrageous. Oh, okay. my goodness. Dude, is it new? it's unbelievable. It's, it's, like, it's like a – it's been out for a while. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of like a Reese's. Because it has the peanut butter in the middle of the chocolate, but it's surrounded by nuts as well. It's huh. almost like a, it's almost like a baby Ruth. Gotcha. You know? That makes sense. That and makes sense. it and it's really good. Wait, cookies and cream Hershey bar, man, that's sacrilegious, man. Come on, Brandon. I, I've had it. It's, cookies it's, and creams. It's pretty good. Uh, first the of texture, all, the texture, the weird of it, but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. First of all, any suggestions you have, I'm going the other way on anything when it comes to food, candies. I'm going the opposite way. Yeah, I'm like, I'll yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll enjoy. enjoy I don't, I'm not an oh. almond joy fan. I'm not. I'm what? Not see, see, no. we can, we can't hang out. See what I mean? Yeah. Almond All joy. Right. Oh my goodness, dude! Come on, man. Now I don't like the mounds, just the straight mounds, but the almond joy. Oh man. Woo. Charleston Chew. I mentioned this to you. I think yes, underrated. Yes, very. Wait, underrated. dark chocolate or milk chocolate? 
Yeah, I, I don't know either one. I don't. Yeah. No, it's got to be. Wait, D Gun has the worst candy taste. No, I don't. Oh, just because I don't agree with you. Okay. Come on, M. Reyes. Just yeah. because I don't agree with you. No. You know, Snickers. Snickers is always a top five choice. Yeah, always. Snickers is gonna win. I, and I like. Look, I'll go. I'll hit. I'll go down the. I mentioned the uh, the Starburst. I'll go down the the Twizzler. Uh, I'm not. I don't love the sour. Like the sour patch is almost I too. Can't. That's too much for yeah. me. It's just. It's too much. Yeah, I can't. I can't do a sour patch, man. Yeah, uh, it's like, who decided to do this? And the thing is, with kids, sour patch candy is so popular. Oh, my kids I'm love like, it. Nah. They still love it to this day. They Wait are. a minute, Brandon Moore, sour patch watermelon top tier. All right, now I see. Okay. All right, uh, what Tina says, almond joy is trash. What? Yes, Tina. Oh, uh, Tina, see, you just lost me. That's it. We're done. <laughs> That's it. We were right here until you said that. See, Kevin, Kevin dipped in everything he had he had going on last night. That's uh, I, that's. I didn't hey, do that. He I got do well. That. Hey, so today's the day. If there's leftovers, man, yeah, it's all bets are off. You know, you you go for everything. You know, See, that's you, what we couldn't call. do it last night because if I did it too much last night, it would disrupt the continuity of the baskets. Oh, and I, she I, would know. I she would know I was point. in there. Good point. That's a good so point. I couldn't do what peppermint patties. Oh my. Oh now I can't eat any candy. Um. What's the what's the one? Um, my son-in-law loves them, and my dad loved them. You know, God rest his soul. It's it was called it's, it's like the circle. It's a chocolate circle and has the peppermint inside of it. Uh, what's that's the name peppermint of that? patty? No, isn't it? Maybe that's it. But it's another one because my wife, uh, my my grandson got got a few of them oh. when he was trick or treating, and my son-in-law said, "Oh, can I have that?" Oh, <laughs> he had to, okay. He had to ask, he had to ask the four-year-old's permission <laughs> to get it. Right? And uh. and. I can't think of the name. It's another one, and I'm like, oh, the yeah, the York peppermint patty. Isn't York. That what it is? Oh yeah, York. that's it. York. Oh heck, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Oh, my dad loved those. Oh, my son-in-law. One of my son-in-laws loves them. Thank my God. dad's favorite was the Hershey almonds, like the Hershey Hershey bar oh, with the yes. almonds. Oh That yes. was his go. That was go-to every time. Yes. Yes, dude. Yeah. You can't yeah. go wrong with that one, man. Yeah. That, that was oh, his my goat. Goodness. That was his goat. Um, all right. So Rangers go up 3-1, Derek, in the World Series. And yes. I and I gotta tell you, and you you kind of joke like the Diamondbacks have them just where they want them. That's you're you, you may not be wrong. <laughs> but I'm watching that and the Rangers smoked them last night. And I'm just they saying did. to myself, the Phillies are so much better than this team. It's yep. so much better than this team. Come on. But anyway. I'm having a hard time watching it. I, I had it on last night. I was I was I was on the radio, but I had it on in the studio. And I, every time I look up, the Rangers were scoring. Man, it was it was brutal. Well, you know, Arizona beat them. Game two was it was nine to one, so it was kind of like payback. Yeah, you know, they beat them. Yeah, you know, so um, but I predict Arizona wins tonight and goes to Texas and takes two in Texas. Never say never. World. I'll tell you that much. Oh, no, dude, if they can win in Philadelphia. Two games in a row, they can win anywhere in the United States. I'm, oh, I'm just, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent for know. sure. I, I, I agree with you. Wait, um, the peanut butter M and M's. I didn't know there was such a thing as peanut butter M and M's. I didn't. I had either. no idea. I didn't either. I'm, I'm not up on the candy, man. I need, I need to, I need to. You What's know. Tina coming with this stuff, man? What's she getting this stuff? I, I trust Tina. I think she she knows what she's doing. Well, I did until she made that point about Almond Joyce. Now, there's no trust here. The trust window has closed. <laughs> um, I, Dion wants his players reimbursed who got uh, their stuff stolen uh, during the game at the Rose Bowl last week when they were playing UCLA. Now, 
the mm. Rose Bowl is owned by the city of Pasadena. Yes. And I don't know, like, I don't know if UCLA is responsible for this. I don't know if the city of Pasadena is responsible. Uh, the NCAA, I, I don't know who, who, you know, is involved. Obviously this is just, it's disgusting that these guys got ripped off while they were playing a football game, but I'm not, I, I don't know. I guess it's a police investigation, right? In the, in the city of yes, Pasadena, yes, I would guess. Yes. Let me tell you something. First of all, I'd be shocked if I, if I'm the Rose Bowl, I look at them and say, Hey, look, nobody told your kids 18, 19, 20 years old to come walk in here, flash and bling all over the place. First of all, secondly, why don't you have a security detail team that watches the locker room? You know, we, we apologize that it happened. How many times have we heard stories of this is not the first time teams have gotten fleeced. It's happened to the Eagles a couple of times through the years, you know, mm -hmm. it happened to the Sixers. It happens. Sixers uh, had somebody in, in, on this in house do it. Yep. We've heard, we've heard about this in sports across the league, uh, across the, the millennium for, for decades. Right. If I'm the Rose Bowl, I'm like, look here, man, you can take this to court. You can take it to wherever you want to take it. We ain't paying you a dime. Mm -hmm. We apologize that it happened. We are embarrassed that it happened in our venue, but Number one, we don't expect 18 and 19 years to come in with a 50, 60, 70, $100,000 worth of jewelry on, number one. Number two, if you're smart and you know there's a history, I guarantee you it happened to teams when Deion Sanders was playing professional sports. So you you wouldn't think that it, in today's ever-changing climate of all these kids with this NIL and big money and all this stuff, that you're, as, a, as an organization, is not smart enough to say, we need to hire security people. We can't stop these kids. First of all, you should have said, told your kids, leave your jewelry at home. Leave it at home. Yeah. You know, we're not a fashion show. We're a football team here. Leave it at home. You can wear your jewelry anywhere else but here. Secondly, if you're going to let your kids do it, then hire a couple of dudes to stay in your locker room until the game's completed. Now, if you have a couple of security people and, and stuff is missing, I start with that security detail first. Oh, uh, it's definitely yeah. an inside job. There's no yeah. doubt. So. I'm not paying if I'm if I'm the Rose Bowl, I'm not paying Colorado nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Uh all right. So a couple this a couple of the new Sixers or a lot of the, all the new Sixers are meeting the media. Uh Marcus Mars, who's a Philly guy, said it's surreal to be traded to his home team and he thinks he's going to surprise people here. He's got more left in the tank uh than people are giving him credit for. And he said he's genuinely mm -hmm. grateful to be back here, hasn't really slept uh and his phone's been blowing up, said he didn't feel like himself the last couple of years in LA. And he said that he thinks he's going to surprise people with the way he fits in here. Okay. I okay. hope so. You know, Got to be cool. Cool like to be back. see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, Deshaun Watson will practice on a limited basis this week, mm. according to Kevin Stefanski, and we'll update you later in the week. Doesn't mean he's going to play, but he's going to try and do some, some things, some football activities, and see where it goes from there. Uh, well, he tried <clears> to play <throat> the last game, and they had to shut that down real quick. Yep. So – Obviously, he re-aggravated something. This time, yes, you got to practice. You got to test it. You got to get it back to where it is. I'd be shocked if there's any way he comes close to putting on a uniform this Sunday. I expect to see him on the sideline with a skull cap on, holding a clipboard somewhere. Where, where do they play this week? Where's they Cleveland they have uh, – Cleveland has an interesting game. Uh, Cleveland this week is – oh, it, it's they're at home against the Cardinals. They should oh, – yeah. they they're eight-point favorites oh, no yeah. matter who quarterbacks them in that game. It, it's going to be cold there. The mistake by the lake right on Lake Erie. It's going to yeah. be cold there. I'd have my I'd have my knit hat on, a jacket, hold a clipboard, and give him suggestions. That's the closest I get to becoming, uh, get, get to playing on a football field. Yeah, I can't – uh, I don't see it. 
I don't see it. it no. What's going to be interesting is if they're in the playoff hunt, what do you do at that point? If you're, if you're, mm. if you're them, I mean, I, I think I give Philip Walker credit. He's done a pretty decent job, but ultimately you're not, you're not winning. I don't think big games with him. Heck no. When and if Deshaun is deemed healthy enough to play, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs, he will be under center. Yeah. yeah. That kind of money invested, you will put him under center. And lastly, uh, Nick Nurse said that uh, it's a little too soon to know if any of the players are going to play tomorrow. None of mm-hmm. them practice today. I, I would, I'd be a little surprised if they played tomorrow. I would too. I mean, yeah. you got to get them. You got to get them integrated. You know, you know, to your calls and signals and all that stuff. You know, it could it could be discombobulated tomorrow. You don't want to put them out there tomorrow. Give them a few yeah. days. Yeah. You know, it's, okay. it's early in the season. Whether you win or lose. It's still way early in the season. Get them where you want them to be, whether it's a couple practices or whatever the case may be. Don't just throw them out there now. You don't have to. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, you want to hear some birthdays and some movies. Birthdays. Let's see where we are here. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. All right. Let's do it. All right. We will start uh, with Tim Cook, who is the CEO of Apple. He is 63 years old today. He has taken their profit margin and it's gone quite up. Since he took over, Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, is 61 years old today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Ramos is 32. He is a singer, actor, uh, Hamilton, among others. Uh, did a lot of Broadway work for him. David Foster, one of the great producers and arrangers uh, in the in the really the history yep. of music, Bird goes back records. a long ways. Yep. He is 74 today. Jenny McCarthy. Uh, Actress, host, still strong. 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 Yes, yeah. quite strong. Lyle Lovett, singer, actor, 66 years old today. Yep. Gary Player, who still plays uh, golf, Derek, he, at 88 years old. He still gets out there and plays. Incredible. Um, I, did, I did not know he's the only non-American to win a career Grand Slam by the age of 29. I did I not know, know that. this. Yep. See, Rob, I just keep filling in the blanks for you, you're, man. That's you all I un- do. You are unbelievable, man. That's all I do, my brother. You are unbelievable. Um, all right. So beyond Gary Player, Tony Collette, actress. She's uh, Australian. Yep. She is 51 years old. Good actress. Uh, Eric Spolstra, the heat coach. I think he's right there with anybody in the league uh, in terms of coaching ability. I agree. 53 years old uh, and still going strong there. Marsha Wallace, you remember she was the set, not the office, I guess, assistant um, in the Bob Newhart show. Yeah. She had the curly hair. Uh, She was born in this day, 1942. Rick Allen, who's the drummer for Def Leppard, is 60. He actually lost an arm in in an automobile accident and Mm -hmm. continued as their drummer. Pretty amazing story. Rachel Tickenen, actress, is 65 years old today. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Who yeah. was a great wrestling heel as a yes. as a wrestler and a manager? He was he was good. He played it well, man. He yes, was good. He did. Yeah. And a commentator. He was a heel as a yes. commentator, also. Yeah. Yes. I used to <laughs> love to watch just to hate Bobby Heenan. Yes. Bobby the brain. Yes. Uh the, the great Fernando Valenzuela, man. He was what a phenom when he when he came on the scene. He burst on the scene. Dude, he was just a chubby guy, didn't speak English. But man, I've never, and I was living in Southern California when he burst on the scene. He became the Pied Piper of baseball. Yes. He filled stadiums everywhere he went, you know, and he would always look to the sky before he delivered a pitch. Yeah. And the delivery, he would do that yes. every time. He yep. always, in the middle of his delivery, instead yep. of looking towards home plate, 
he would look up and then towards home plate when he delivered. But when you're talking about a Pied Piper, man, a Dodgers, and then all of a sudden he just faded into oblivion. Yeah, he had he had like three or four really good years, and then I yeah. don't know, maybe all the workload just got yeah. to him. I don't know. But he was such a great story. Came from nothing, like yeah. poverty in, in Mexico, and yep, you know, I, I mean, just in just out of nowhere, man. And he was whew, unbelievable. Uh, Ted Hendricks, the Mad Stork. Yeah, he was a great player for the Raiders when the Raiders actually were a good organization back then. But he was he's uh he's 76 years old today. All right, what else do you have, Degon? Wow, that's it. That's all you got? I didn't I didn't love the movie uh, for the uh, birthdays today. Let's see. You got Peter Ostrom, who who was a child actor uh, actor, made his claim to fame at 12 years old in the uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Okay, he was the kid. Yeah, he's one of yeah, the kids. Then he got out of the uh, acting game and he he became a, a veterinarian. He works primarily with horses and cows. Oh, cool. um, he is 66. Uh, Daniela Melchior, uh, who's a, a, who's a good actress, was in Suicide Squad, Fast and Furious 10, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is 27. Uh, Natalie Tenna, 39 in the Harry Potter series. Uh, Coco Crisp, who is a good outfielder, World Series champion, played for four different teams. Oh, He's 47. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Rupert Van Trapp, he was the eldest kid of the Van Trapp singing family was born on this day in 1911. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorite publisher, and I'm sure you still have a collection of his magazines, Larry Flint, <laughs> <laughs> was born on this day in 1942. <laughs> <laughs> Hustler magazine, for, for those of you scoring at home. Yes. And those of you um, not. Evan Mathis, play for the Eagles. Uh, play well for the Eagles, offensive lineman. It's 42. Hey, good uh, the great Bruce Irvin, linebacker. Um, he was the first player ever ejected from a Super Bowl. Uh, it's 36. Steve Hutchinson, a Hall of Fame offensive guard in the NFL, is 46. Mm-hmm. One of the great instigators of all time in the history of the NHL, Ty Domi. Oh, Ty Domi, you talk about an instigator. Oh, my goodness. An all-timer. He was an all-timer. He's 54. He played 16 years in the NHL. Did you know he was third overall in penalty minutes in the history of the game and had the most fighting majors in NHL history with 333 minutes? I believe all of that, considering yes. watching him play over the years. Yes. yes. His son's a good yes. player, Max Domi. He, he, he's a player in the NHL yes. now. Yep. Let's see who else we got. That's it. Okay. All right. Good ones. All right. Let's do some movies. Some movies. Uh, we will start with... The Irishman, Martin Good Scorsese, movie. Robert yes. De Niro, uh, Joe Pesci, etc. That was 2019. Uh, Terminator, Dark Fate, yep. which was the, the I think, the final installment uh, in yes. 2019. Uh, Ender's Game, 2013. Santa Claus 2 with Tim Allen was 2002. Yep. Free Bird, we get some animation here. Uh, 2013 Free Birds, 2019 Arctic Dogs. Yep. 2019 American Son and 2013 Big Sur. Did I uh, miss any there? Uh, 2017 A Bad Mom's Christmas, which is funny. It was a decent movie. And 2019, really good movie, Harriet. Like the Harriet Tubman movie. It's really good. Yeah, that came out in 2019. So that is it for movies. So Jalen Hurts asked at the end of his press conference, uh, how's the the knee? Is it feeling better? Any worse? Slight chuckle, got up, walked off, did not answer the question in any way, shape, or form. That uh, that's the way he, he closed go. things. 
There you go. He's, he's never going to give you those gonna, answers. He's not going to tell you that. Never. Never, never, never. you tell never. people that? No. Nope. Not going to happen. I, mean, uh, uh, Nick, I will say, media people, you have to ask the question. You, you have, have to. to I, oh, I'm, I don't. I don't. You, yeah, they're, they're doing their jobs. They're doing yeah, what we want exactly. to know. We, we would want to know that. Inquiring minds need to know. Yes. 100%. Uh, Nick Nurse said in the interim right now, he will bump Kelly Oubre up to a starter. Until See? They figure out exactly. See? What did I say? Exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah, you brought that up with uh, with Keith Pompey. Keith Pompey, yes. See? All I'll tell coach, you is coaching. do not expect a lot of defense out of my man. He, he can score. No, he ain't, no, he ain't playing defense. No. Yeah. No. Just don't. don't yeah, but, but, but I'll take his point production, though. I'll take oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think it's a natural, man. When you look at what he's given you in three games and look at what DeAnthony Melton has given, um, we got we got to flip this script here. You right. know, we got to get some more firepower in the starting lineup, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Daryl Morey's going to speak, by the way, after the six practice today. Is he really? Ooh. Yeah, so that should, that should be interesting. I'm curious what comes yeah, out he, of that. He's been in hiding forever. <clears throat> yeah, yep. All right, we shall discuss tomorrow. I want to thank Tone DeShields, producer of the program. Thank you, Tone. Thank you to everyone. Yeah, everybody in the oh, there you go. Everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, thank you kindly. Uh, don't go anywhere. We have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Derek and I back at it tomorrow at the same time, getting you further uh, prepped for the Eagles, Cowboys, and everything else that's going on in the world of sports. So everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. We're looking forward to hanging with you tomorrow. For Derek Gunn, I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. See you then.